So what you in for, brother? Eternity. Ooh. That's a long time. You must have did some really bad shit. Yeah. I sold my soul. Hope you got something good for it. Matter of fact, I got nothing for it. Well, that's a really bad deal if you ask me. Well, I'm not asking you. Doesn't really matter, though. Can't sell your soul anyway. Oh, really? Why do you say that? It doesn't really belong to you in the first place. No way, no how. So who does it belong to? Belongs to God. That universal spirit that animates and binds all things in existence. The devil's gonna try to confuse you. But that's a gig. But in the end, you're gonna see clear to who and what you are and what you're here to do. Now, you're gonna make some mistakes along the way everybody does. But if you just open up your heart and open up your mind, you get it. Who are you? Just a friend, brother. Just a really good friend. It's Abs in a Six Pack, and I'm joined by Dean Reiner of the Up Is Down podcast. Real excited to talk to you. How you doing, man? Oh, man, I'm doing fantastic, dude. Doing fantastic. Happy to be here. Thank you. So, um, we were talking right before we started recording, and your state just decriminalized all the drugs. All of them, man. <laughs> all of them. Yeah, it's great. That's pretty wild, uh, man. I, yeah. I was, we were talking about this, and I think Portugal, it's not going to be as uh, majestical and utopic as Portugal, probably. I feel like there might be some <laughs> some shady stuff happening. Well, there's an enormous, yeah, there's an enormous amount of drug use in this city. It's crazy. It, it used to be, I used to, when I first moved here about 12, 13 years ago, I'd noticed that the whole city was just soaking wet from head to toe. Like, it was just a bar every 10 feet, and now there's a tent every 10 feet, which is you know, it lends it lends itself to the to the psychosis of drug use and drug abuse and addiction and stuff. But uh, I, I, it's just so funny how how uh, Portland just wants to be so progressive and and the topic of conversation everywhere you go that they'll decriminalize all drugs and it's this historical unprecedented thing that no state has ever done this. And while that may be true, it doesn't. It's not decriminalizing the selling of these drugs. So you might have something, but you fucking bought it from somewhere and that guy's still a criminal. <laughs> that guy can still go to prison. So it's yeah. just, it's ridiculous. In, in an ideal world, all drugs would just be free and then you yeah. wouldn't, nobody would get busted for selling. Yeah, in an ideal world, we could just manufacture our own. Right. Yeah, that, that was why uh, I think the first attempt at recreational weed in Ohio didn't pass because <laughs> they were like, you're not allowed to grow it yourself, and only these two companies or whatever can grow it and sell it. Yeah, isn't that funny too? Is and when it when it was state uh, enforced monopoly. Yeah, and then you had all the neocons, all the warhawks that jumped onto these massive grow operation farms and just putting billions of dollars, maybe not billions, but millions of dollars. I think it was a 
the former DEA guy. I don't know. Yeah. But I know uh, Neo- Warren Buffett oh. was all into it for sure. Yeah, Warren Buffett. And a lot of just I noticed there's a lot of these DC swamp creatures were all in to the legalized cannabis market. Like all of a sudden, as soon as it was turned over and and then as subsequently, as soon as it was turned over and it was like a weed store everywhere, it was a total race to the bottom. Every, every, you know, it was like you couldn't, at some point within a year, you could not even give away your weed because everything was like an ounce for like $25. And, and it was completely unregulated, which was a good thing to a certain degree, but people were putting all kinds of fucked up shit into their grows and then all their weed was fucked up. And, and then there was all the crazy psychosis of the vaping all these super because as soon as like flower and buds became passe and literally you couldn't give it away then it was all the concentrates market and the concentrates i don't know if you know much about um, distilling or concentrating or extraction with cannabis but there's good ways and there's bad ways and the bad ways are pretty bad there's a lot of residual chemical components that are in that concentrates that can make you fucking crazy so it was just a race to the bottom yeah. and it really hasn't recovered since then. It's, and then it's so funny because right after weed was legalized, I, I quit smoking. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> God damn it. And, and it's not because it's I like, really, I mean, you're I, like the, you're like the gay guy that after gay marriage is legally just like, I'm straight now. Yeah. <laughs> and it wasn't because <laughs> I wanted to be defiant or like counter. I just was done smoking weed and it snuck up on me like a motherfucker. I didn't think it was ever going to be. And then all of a sudden it's just like, whoops. Okay. Yeah. You're done. You don't, you probably shouldn't do this anymore. And then, uh, and it's just been ironic because my whole life I've been spending all my goddamn money on weed and I've never had money. I still don't have money. And I've always been extremely poor, not like ultra poverty tenement building living, but like I've never had any money. Same. Um, and yeah. I was I'd spend it all on weed for like 20, 20 fucking years or more. And then uh, it's legalized and I grew my own for a whole bunch. I grew like four plants, which I was allowed to do legally in Oregon but I, I pimped those plants out, man. I had a great little outdoor operation and I grew four plants and I pulled down like five pounds of weed and then I gave it all away <laughs> because I was, I smoked a shitload of it, but I gave it all away and then, uh, and then I quit and then it's just been out of my life ever since. And, and all there's so many little head shops that started up and now they're, they're, you know, about 70% of them are gone now. Uh, there's just a few, you know, stronghold shops that are around. But still, I mean, the, the weed is, it's just, it's just cheap, cheap, cheap as fuck because it, I think it just devalues the product once, once the government gets involved. And so there's another thing about the mushrooms too here in Portland. There's a, they've decriminalized mushrooms and it's moving forward to be a medicinal product. And I think that's really great. And I was kind of on board a few, five, six months ago trying to like, you know, and I signed up to, for the petition and I was going to send the petition around. And then I was like, wait a minute, man, I don't, I don't want the government getting your hands on this either. You know, like mushrooms are not hard to get They're They're not hard to grow. If you're into that kind of thing, as far as I know, it's not, it's, I mean, it's illegal for sure, but it's not hard to get the supplies and the materials if you were so inclined. Yeah. And then you could have that experience yourself. You don't, you don't need to bring in the government or regulation, but there is quite an argument for the therapeutic use for stress and PTSD and things like that. And I mean, the, the precedent of it being used as an effective treatment for real, real psychological and spiritual problems has been set, but I don't think you need a state office or a licensed practitioner to, to, um, 
to introduce that into your life. All you really need is an open heart and open mind and some ability to socially connect with people. Yeah, what's always creeped me about the government getting involved with weed, but especially mushrooms, is like the Monsanto GMO version. Like, what would that be like? Oh, God, yeah. Mushrooms as big as your chairs. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but like, if it, like altered psilocybin... I mean, we know that psilocybin was used in the MK Ultra program, and it's arguable that it's still being used that way in some yeah. circles. So it's like this idea of a Monsanto version. I mean, that's just <laughs> yeah. I don't like I don't like how it can't be psychologically good for you. Like I, I'm I don't know I'm I'm paranoid when it comes to GMO shit as it is. So yeah, I I kind of go back and forth on it. I think I mean again as a as a poor person i've i've never and also i'm a fairly i'm, I'm a self-educated person but like i never finished high school i grew up in a divorced broken home my my um my instruction as a child from my my mom was to you know what just shoot low <laughs> like just <laughs> just shoot low uh settle for the very bottom rung of any kind of ladder whether it's social or economic and at least you'll have that and so I never really got into learning about non-GMO'd foods or eating organic. And um, But when I was growing cannabis, that blew my mind because I figured out how to garden. And then I was able to build up, you know, learn how to build my own soil and grow my own organic vegetables. But to do that at scale to support myself would require a lot of land and a lot of work, which I can't do. And, you know, I don't really... When it comes to the GMO stuff, like it's already in us. It's been in us for thousands of, not thousands of years, but at least a, a few couple decades of GMO foods and GMO elements. They're already within us. And it's just one of those lifelong like battles that I'm not quite sure if I want to fight or not, you know? So I, yeah, I there's totally nothing you can do about it at this point. Yeah. I, I, I eat and buy conventional vegetables uh, more often than I buy organic, uh, just because I can afford it. And that's, that's part of the other criminal syndicate of food production, which is disgusting and something else to walk away from. If you're going to walk away from it all or anything, that's one way to do it. But then again, like, you know, gardening and farming your own organic vegetables, it's, it's, it seems easy and it sounds ideal, but in practice, I think it's an enormous amount of work and you need space and space is something that people in cities don't really have. My hat's off Maybe yeah. we, we got to like, we got working on getting a small guard in here, but like somebody, uh, some journalist, I can't remember who it was, did a really kind of startling, but interesting correlation with like the countries that we have mil like create military presence in are like correlate to countries that uh, refuse to use Monsanto's Terminator seeds. Hmm. And the terminator seeds are basically like once the crop grows, they don't they're like genetically modified to not produce seeds so that you have to buy the next year's crop seed crop from Monsanto again every year. Yeah. And there's like, like this uh, that's good yeah. business right there. <laughs> yeah. And then there's like a big lawsuit in Australia and a couple of other places where like the GMO seeds mixed in with like other farmers' crops and the terminator seeds took over, so they're all like self-destructing other people's plants because the GMO got mixed in with like regular plant DNA and it's just a fucking mess, dude. Yeah, it's a total mess. But we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we were talking about that. Like, speaking of GMO shit, Florida just approved release of 750 million genetically modified mosquitoes. 
Oh yeah, those are the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about those guys um sending those things into places like Burning Man? You know, I, th I think there's GMO there's, mosquitoes. Yeah, GMO mosquitoes and um, like drones. Like they're not even real mosquitoes; they're fucking drones. Uh, I don't know. What? I don't know if that's real or not. But there's some. There's. It there's, has to be. Real. There's talk out there, yeah, of like uh, these drone companies, these these DARPA projects. They already got the birds. Yeah, well, they have bugs. Okay. I've seen the DARPA videos of the moths and mosquitoes mm -hmm. and other kind of flies. And then there's all kinds of other talk in some of these. That's how they got that I... one on Mike Pence's head, right? Isn't that the story? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was his genie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah, they sent him off into these big old huge festivals like Burning Man, which is interesting too because Burning Man became super weird. And I've never been to Burning Man. I've never had a desire to go to Burning Man. And I kind of laugh at those that do. Uh, but then things got super weird at Burning Man like a year after or during that same year of these weird so how. supposedly alleged um, drone mosquitoes going around. But uh, but yeah, I mean, that kind of reminds me of um, your uh, your episode. I just listened to it. The uh, the harp don't want to keep harping on it, but that was a great, great episode, man. That was really cool. There was a lot of really good information in there. Especially about Thanks, the, the nano the nanotechnology stuff, I think is really interesting. And there's there's a few people that I've been following around for a couple of years that are really really versed in the nanotechnology offensives by places like DARPA and the Pentagon. And then there's this other crazy professor doctor named Dr. James Giordano that I've featured on my podcast a few times, where he's just walking you through like this is how this is how we're going to be using the brain as the next battlefield and as the laboratory for uh, weaponless wars, essentially, the the brain is going to be the the weapon and the technology and the really gang stalking stuff, um, nanobots, um, just using these types of technologies to li literally control how people tick and talk. And if you can control how they tick and talk, then you can have you can prepare yourself for their next actions because everything will be predictable and targeting like not just specific political individuals as a target but like whole communities populations and even entire nations and that could be like down to uh, your your neighborhood or that house and that house but not that house and it's pretty wide open it's a it's a pretty wide open game and it's it's just beyond the veil it's been going on for a very long time it's very scary do you remember the uh, the fun vax the fun vax no nah, explain it's a uh, fun like for fundamentalism if you win oh, back yeah yeah right yeah and the, the can, dude at darpa was talking about like yeah we can vaccinate people like release uh a uh virus or just inject people with a vaccine that gets rid of their like religious beliefs yeah. <laughs> it's like dude at darpa talked about that it's like jesus yeah. christ it goes it kind of makes you think there might be something to all the hippies talking about fluoride in the water calcifying your third eye your pineal gland i think there's a lot of weight behind that argument for sure and that that video of that i mean that little presentation i know what you're talking about that shit's yeah. over 10 years old right so i mean it's old news now what the fuck are they Freaky. to now <laughs> you know and then there's the adage that you kind of brought up too in that harp episode that and we all know this like everything that we're seeing now here on the civilian level terrestrial plane as far as technology is already old news by the time we get it, you know, that there's, even if it's not, which I doubt it is, but it very well could be our own intelligence and um, defense organizations that are using the, the technology, but they're 25, 30 years ahead at least. 
At least. So they just they just give us the crumbs of what's going to keep us occupied, you know, occupied and happy with our breads and bread and circuses kind of massive. They had CD-ROMs in the forties. <laughs> yeah. My God, for twenty five years they've been growing babies in cows. <laughs> they turn the fucking frogs gay. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I'm I'm excited to talk with you, man. I've been really um I haven't really super, been super into your show. Um, I, I heard of, I, cause I was looking at, uh, that Larry guy for a little while, just listening to the no agenda stream. And isn't it just so funny how like you find yourself, I found myself on no agenda back in 2016, like right before the 2016 election. And then I literally felt my amygdala shrinking cause I was in full on domesticide with like a house and a wife and a kid and this well-paying, you know, union job as a postman. And then Alex Jones came into my life, you know, <laughs> and then, and then the WikiLeaks dumps and then I'm listening to no agenda and I'm like, Oh my God, it's a whole setup. And so <laughs> over the last few years, listening to no agenda and listening to some of the things on the stream in the last year, Thank you your for your show and, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hearing that that Larry guy and um it's just it's just amazing it's just an amazing thing the the no agenda and and how it's how it's just spawned like exponentially a real viral campaign of of speaking free speaking self-production and self-ownership and I, I just I just love it I'm so proud to be a a listener and a producer at the same time of one of the of the greatest podcasts in the universe but also having the courage and the impetus to start my own greatest podcast in the universe yeah you without no agenda i wouldn't podcast. have had like the inspiration either to start to start one and that's listening to no agenda stream is how i found you and a couple other podcasts i actually <laughs> i was listening well i want to get ahead of myself yeah i i first heard you on the no agenda stream and uh i got a clip from it this i don't know what you meant by this when you said it anytime you're using a paintbrush on a raccoon's asshole you know that you that ain't work that's not me <laughs> So, so I uh, I came up. Nice <laughs> <So this> try. <laughs> this is gonna sound so stupid. I was fucking listening. I was like listening to the No Agenda stream like a month or so ago because that's when I first heard you. And I was like, when the fuck did they put Theo Vaughn on the fucking No Agenda stream? And then I was listening more, and I was like. Man, Theo Vaughn got fucking deep. When the fuck did Theo Vaughn get so deep? And like two <laughs> minutes in, I realized it was not Theo Vaughn. It was Dane Reiner. See, <laughs> so yeah, that's, 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 that's the new segment. Is it Dean or Theo? So I didn't feel any white privilege. I know some people had it, man. You know, I knew some motherfuckers with sweaters. Yeah, that is me, actually. That That is me. So you, you nailed it. That's a good clip. I was serious, man. I was serious. <laughs> it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's i swear to god i thought you were theo von i hope you that's not an insult no man i think theo von's the shit actually i have a small altar of him in my apartment <laughs> i love theo but yeah no no <laughs> joke it was like it was maybe a solid minute or two at least a solid 60 seconds at minimum that i was like man they got theo von on the no agenda stream now i, I might have been a little be, high so that might yeah be you had to been a little high <laughs> Anyway, I've only uh, visited. Yeah, I've uh, only visited the South. I've never actually lived there, but my sister lives there. Yeah, it's like you, you put a little Southern twang in your in your voice, and then of course I saw you. I think it was on Grimerica or somewhere. I saw you, and I was like, "Oh, you don't look anything like Theo Vaughn." So, 
then no, I, I, until then i was still a little bit of me was like maybe it's like his alter ego no that's why i really like this clean feed because dude i don't even want to see your face <laughs> this is great yeah <laughs> i can't stand video fucking podcast shit it's, it's too much it's too much work you got to worry about like while you're wait, like while you're just listening you have to like be mindful of like not like scratching your ass or picking your nose it's like me yeah. i can just do whatever yeah like lighting and positioning and like <laughs> yeah. i don't want everyone to see all like the carcasses i have around my apartment so i gotta set my camera just right so that at least the blood isn't there right yeah <laughs> And I don't uh, want anyone to see my face because I have a face for radio. We'll just say that. Yeah, that's the uh, <laughs> that's I, per, other than uh, Grab America, which is mainly audio. Most people don't really watch the YouTube. I think pretty much everything on the No Agenda streams built for audio only. Yeah. But yeah, there's yeah, some great. there's some great stuff on there, man. Like that's how I found you, and then also like. Like you, you said you found no agenda. Like what? Right before Trump got elected? Yeah, man. Right That's when about the spell, when I did. right when they were like cooking up the Athenor and they had all the all the material that they were going to concentrate down to its base form and then spread it out in a gas and the mind control. Right before, <laughs> that was when I tuned in and it was like a blessing. And it's funny too because I only found no agenda because at the time I was growing all that weed. I say all that weed. I was growing four plants. But I was teaching myself how to do it, and I found a podcast um, called uh, The Dude Grows Show. And The Dude Grows Show <laughs> is just two guys talking about growing weed, and it was really actually super fun show. It was one of my, it was my first experience cool. of, like, of like being a producer for a podcast. So like I would send them about 10 bucks a month to the, to the podcast. And one of the guys, one of the hosts on Dude Grows is this guy named Scotty, and he's like, I get all my news from No Agenda. And I was like, what the fuck? Okay, what's that? And I loved Scott. And I love the dude. And uh, so I just tuned into No Agenda one day and it was like, this is crazy. This is not my style. And of course, you know, the No Agenda is kind of, it's a, it's a, what's, what's the phrase? What's the phrase? That's an acquired taste, you know? So I had yeah. to give it a couple, I had to give it a couple like runs. When you don't, there's a lot of inside jokes and lingo that you don't get right off the bat. It took me probably three episodes before I started really getting it. Right, dude, it's taken me about a year and a half to hit my girlfriend in the mouth, and now she at least she at least appreciates them and will listen. <laughs> it's been about a year and a half of like slow motion. Yeah, that's suit. the same thing with my wife. It's like, yeah, this is a slow process. At first, it was like, can we please not listen to this on the drive? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, and she has pet names for them. She calls them Bert and Ernie, which is that. So that you know that makes it okay. I'm cool Bert with it. Ernie. Uh, well, yeah, but uh, and then I like not long after I found them, I started making jingles. I think I've got and in the show makes I think I've gotten about 40 45 on the show. I, it makes me happy every time somebody requests that uh pasta Glock one. I'm like, hey, I didn't think that one would just get as much as much mileage as it did. Did you make that one? I'm gonna shoot you in the face with a oh, little man. Gun. Yeah, 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 that's the best. <laughs> That's the best. I have actually. I I met one of the producers of the, uh, not the first pasta gun or, or noodle gun sound, but the second one, the one that's like, you know. Oh yeah. I I met that producer at a meetup up here in the northwest. Uh, and yeah, it's it was, it's such a cool was, communal project because everybody's you know involved. Like Tom Starkweather, he made the dogs are people too jingle and. Yeah. Of course, Billy Bones and uh, a couple other guys make all those into shows. It's a, uh, it's cool. How, it's a. 
it keeps a really engaged audience when you have that much interaction with the listeners too and it makes yeah. it less work for Adam and John because they're not just getting money sent in they're getting research sent in and jingles and all that. it's, yeah, uh, and real it's a real I cool mean, thing they've created it's it's a hundred percent like one of the most encouraging things I've ever encountered in my life to be involved in something that is so purely altruistic and organic and 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 autonomous and and uh and exponential you know it's it's like it's a formless shapeless um like indefinite experience of all these people listening and producing and making this thing happen in real time and i think that is just one of the most amazing things and then when you connect with other producers or listeners or you send a clip to to Adam and then he actually responds and then he uses that clip or that jingle on the show. Like, man, that's such, it's such a great feeling to know that like you're right where you need to be and that you're uh, not that you're a part of something important, but you are essentially a part of something important, but that also it just builds on to the armor that you have on your own soul. And, and it's, it's so encouraging and strengthening and inspiring. It's been, it's been nothing but a pleasure. And I've, I've met so many cool producers mostly through email, but even in person at some of the meetups and just realize that like, okay, there, there are more out there, you know, there are plenty of us right. out there. We may, we may be disparate from each other and, and separated by distance. Uh, but there's, there's a lot of us together and it's, it's been really, really cool. It's been super helpful. And, you know, and then of course you can buy your own advertisement. <laughs> you just send a chunky donation to the show and they give you a shout out and then a invite and it just kind of grows exponentially virally from there. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, it's amazing. We, uh, I'm, I'm not. At some point, I'm gonna set up a value for value. But right now, it's the. Uh, I don't even have the clip to pull up right away. But I have that clip somewhere of John and Adam reading my email. That's uh, V for N. We're <laughs> abs in a six pack is value for nothing as of now. No, it has no paywalls, and we don't accept donations. It's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic, dude. But, uh, but yeah, man, it's you talk a lot. Um, Especially, uh, was it Vin Armani you had on? Oh, yeah, Vin Armani. He's a Dude, he's that incredible. was great. Yeah. But you, and, and outside of that podcast, too, you talk a lot about magic. So, like, the, the No Agenda community is, in a lot of ways, like a magical thing, I would say. Yeah. It's, well, that's the, yeah, because it has no, it has no form. And it has, it has no form. It has no shape. And it's, and it has no controllers. It has no controllers. It is simply it exists because of intention, and it right. and it changes. It changes the shape and the boundaries of our perception and our actions and our abilities, which then you know those things dictate our universes individually and communally. I guess, um, and it's all through intention and action. And I think that's that's the real that's the real point. That's the real magic of magic is using your intention and your will, the actual click, the submit, the record, the send. Uh, with something that you intended uh, to create, whether it's a, you know, you're just cutting a sample out of something that you heard, or you're making something like a jingle, that's your intention. And then of course, the use of that intention is what you, where you want it to go, what you want it to do, not necessarily, I mean, you, you, we have no control over how it's going to affect people, but just intending it to have effect gives it its life power, its life energy. And then through your will, you click submit, send, and then it goes off into the ether and it may or may not have any effect or it may have a completely unintended effect or it may do way more than you ever expected it to do or nothing at all. And that's the, you know, that's, that's, what's really powerful about it. 
And so, yeah, talking with Vin Armani about the mind control and what he calls the dim age of the stepping backwards out of enlightenment into a, a slowly dumbing and darkening consciousness is is frightening and amazing because uh, for a long time I was for a long time now for like six eight months I've been kind of on the fight 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 you know resist kind of forefront warrior mentality of like this is bullshit and absurd and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everyone all the stuff that I know and I'm gonna share all the information that I find and I'm gonna help people wake up and snap out of the spell and then just you know after talking with him and realizing that there's like you can't just you can't counter magic with logic and facts and charts you have the only way to counter and break spells is to have a counter spell and and if that's your intention is to have a counter spell to wake people up quote unquote good luck and so i'm kind of on a position now where i'm just really i'm i'm really trying to focus my show and my intention into uh protection and uh, a way to move through it, a way to use and adapt the crazy magic that we're going through now for my own, for my own betterment, for my own betterment. Right. <clears throat> Instead really of close pushing to against it, like turn it into a judo move or go with the, yeah, it's, this is kind of might be a cynical way to put it, but, uh, you know, like if you went, if you had a time machine and you went back in time a thousand years ago, you would seem like a God with all your knowledge, theoretically. So it's yeah. almost like the opposite of that as as like more and more people as smartphones and and uh, social media and and the education system and the fluoride in the water and all that shit dumb everybody down. If you're aware of it, you can almost rise rise to the top of the heap just by the simple fact that you're aware enough to not fall into that pit hole that everybody else is. That's pretty cynical, but. Yeah, it's cynical or no, I think it's strategic, <laughs> right? You know, it's yeah. that like I mean, the time for for me anyway, the time for strategy is is more pronounced than it is for unification and and uh, you know resistance. I think it's like you know we're going up against the machine. I feel like I've been going up against the machine, and it's a glacier machine, which you know it's like it's so slow that you you can't see it moving. It's like watching a plant grow. You can't see it growing, but you know, it's growing. And then all of a sudden in a few weeks, wow, look, there's all this new growth and just like a glacier, right? I mean, the glacier just cuts through landscapes in a, in such a pace that you can never actually see it or clock it, but you know, it's there. And then within a hundred years, the landscape looks completely different. And I mean, a podcast is going to stop that. I don't think so. <laughs> you know nothing is going to stop that nothing i mean we're through the door the turnstile has locked behind us there's no going backwards and so where do you want to be you know where do you want to be in two years from now personally i want to be outside of a city and i want to have some sort of equity into my life not just like my life in a theoretical sense but like i don't want to have to work at a for a place or a person who is going who is also working for a different person or place who's going to be ultimately directed by crazy psychopaths like fauci or gates or trump you know i i want to be self-employed and i want to be out of a city and that's going to take a tremendous amount of risk for me and i can't keep spending all that energy uh trying to help other people instead of really helping myself. And so it's just being strategic at this point. Like, how do I get away from 
uh, wage slavery? How do I get it? How do I get out of the apartment bunker? Do I take the massive risk of buying a house with my girlfriend somewhere outside of Portland and being quote unquote forever in debt? But that's all illusory. It's not, it doesn't mean anything. The debt doesn't mean anything. Income and resources and being rich doesn't mean anything. These are, they're just, it's just numbers on a screen. You know, it's like, right. It, it's like in the shining, you know, where doc is like, it's just pages in the book, Danny. <laughs> you know, it's really just pages in a book. It's not real. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. That's right, man. That's yeah. right. So that's uh, kind of where I'm at after talking with Vin and then talking with that agorist punk rocker guy. Um, yeah. He's probably likely a criminal, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and I have a mass respect for criminals, but um, I, I mean, I, and I don't want to emulate criminality, but I think working within gray and black markets and getting and just rejecting some of these levels, some of these these systems, um, as much as you can within reason, uh, I think is, is really critical to look at that as an option. I don't think that there will ever be any kind of real revolution. The revolution can only be with one with one person, one household, you know, and then uh, and then it's strategy from there on as far as how you protect yourself. How long has it been since you uh, perused the book of Revelation? I don't believe I ever have. Holy shit. I went, I used to, I just learned I was how to read super last Christian, year. but like I recently just dove back into that one and it's fucking mind blowing how 2000 years ago they were writing about wars and rumors of wars and global plague and a, uh, a one world government where there's a mark on your right hand or forehead that without it, you can't buy or sell. And it's just, yeah. like, fuck, how did they know all this shit was going to happen? <laughs> Yeah, dude. Two thousand years ago, it's it's been coming up a lot in my little in my little sphere. The Book of Revelation stuff has been coming up all over. Of course, people in Twitter I and mean, in, in the algorithm, you know, the algos are showing me what I what they think they want me to see. But it's yeah. been coming up a lot, so I think that's that's pretty uh, significant. I just I'm just not personally I'm not versed in it or familiar with it per se, uh, but I do know that. And that's also kind of lends itself to the whole dim age magic thing is like, we're just repeat, you know, we're in this mystical area, I think right now, because people aren't, people aren't um, thinking as much as they're just waiting for, you know, there's like a kind of like a subconscious superstitious element that they're waiting for the magic words you know they're waiting for their governor to say it's safe to go outside and open your business and they're waiting for the next president select and their team yeah. to say we got this under control you know they're waiting for superstition and all these things are just thoughts they're not real they're just pages in a book danny well we can't attack a president do you think uh <laughs> <laughs> what do you think deja vu is what I think deja vu is, is a, a, um, this is a, a, Adam Curry is going to hate me for this, but I think it is, it is a, it is a glitch in a matrix where there are two timelines that are just barely rubbing up against each other, that things are that I've always taken a deja vu thing an experience to be a reminder. And this is going to sound weird, but like that I'm right on time that I'm right exactly where I need to be at this point at, at, at this moment, because I've been here before and there was something here that I either missed or something to be gained. So I think it's just two different timelines. Perhaps those are dimensions 
just barely resonating with each other enough to confuse you in this one. I don't know if that yeah, makes any okay. sense. Yeah, I like, yeah, no, that makes sense. It, I've, only, I've been thinking about the, tossing this idea around in my head yesterday and today is like the kind of like Graham Hancock, Randall Carlson civilization with amnesia, like maybe that's why they predicted what would happen in the book of Revelations with globalism and shit because it already had happened. Like Tower of Babel, Atlantis, like all these old stories that we get told. Like, yeah. Maybe, do you think, like, I don't know, I was thinking of this idea of like the, like a collective, not just a collective amnesia of the human species as to where we came from, but it's almost like a collective deja vu happening right now. Yeah, I think so. I think so for sure. I think there's something to be said and I'm not one to speak of it. I'm not versed in it, but I think there's something to be, I think there's something there behind the idea that we haven't really been here very long, maybe 500, maybe a thousand years that history itself has been fabricated um, to create. Whoa, okay, wait, you're going the opposite way of me. Okay, say that again. <laughs> I was thinking I like think, the human species is way older and we've advanced civilizations a long, long, long time ago. But you're saying like uh, maybe that, I do agree history was could be easily fabricated. Elaborate yeah. on that. Yeah, um, I don't really know how to. It's just something that interests <laughs> me. It's just something that interests me. There's a guy, I think his name is Ful, maybe it's not Fulcanelli. I might have his name wrong, but there's this particular uh, professor person that the late, great Tracy Twyman was mentioning toward the very end of her life. And there has a lot to do with like the mud flood theory, you know, that there's that really, that maybe Rome didn't exist, that maybe um, we, as we know it right now with our technology has only really been here for about 500 years. Um, and I don't know how they could possibly prove that it's kind of, it's to me, it, it sort of rings of like a, a flat earth kind of theoretics. Um, but it's, 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 it's something that's super interesting to me because if that's the case, then why would we have, I mean, I guess part of their whole theory of this, the, the, the mud flutters and the no, and the no history theor, uh, theorists is that, well, why aren't there really any, uh, dinosaur bones? And they say, oh, well, there's tons of dinosaur bones. They're under the Smithsonian. But are they real bones? Or are they casts? All these different kind of things. I don't really know. I don't really know. And I think I kind of just talked myself into a corner. So would well, you no, repeat we, the question, sir? I've been talking about that. It was like <laughs> the, uh, the, you know, they say all that ancient knowledge in the library of Alexandria was burned and destroyed. But it's like, if you're the elites, why wouldn't you just keep that shit for yourself and make up a story that all that not ancient knowledge got burned? It's like, right. Uh, so yeah, you know, history is definitely maybe they suspect. Have. You know, history maybe is they have a hundred percent suspect. I mean, that's like the first thought you have, or at least for me, when you first get high, you're like, man, we don't really know. We're just, everything that happened before there were cameras, we're just taking on a hundred percent faith because some asshole wrote it down. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. crazy. But then there's and like, even stuff where tablets. there were cameras and, and videos that you still are like having to make some logical jumps. Right. I mean, I, I don't know enough. I mean, I love Graham Hancock and I love uh, Randall Carlson. I think the younger, driest thing is super interesting. I think it's, this is the whole thing is like, I don't, I really don't want to have a position on any of these ideas, whether younger, driest happened 12,000 years ago, or we've only been here for 500 years. I think both are very plausible. And I think it's also possible that, that they're, that they could exist at the same time depending on the individual and depending on which dimension you're living in. I think there's a whole different stack of dimensions and timelines 
and um, some some people seem to be able to float through them and tie them together and some people are stuck in one maybe they can go into two or three when they sleep or when they get high um or not i mean i, I look at some of these tweakers running around portland man some of these guys that are like real fucked up on meth and the things that they're seeing i know are real but i just can't see them you know? oh, like the shadow people <laughs> like shadow people and like entities that yeah. are all around us all the time. And I think certain drugs like methamphetamines um, can allow people to see through these Especially different because of timelines the sleep deprivation. Yeah, because I, of the psychosis that comes along yeah. with it. I know a lot of Have people. Have you ever heard of a guy named uh, Jerry Marzinski? No. Jerry Marzinski is this weird clinician. He's a professor of psychology, and he's, he basically got himself tanked out of popular culture because he came up with this. His... His conclusion was that real mental, real mental illness that we've as we've we classified it as far as schizophrenia doesn't exist. That it's it's demonic spiritual possession, and that because of these different dimensional entities and these there's very and it's all about magnetics and frequencies. Like really, it comes down to electricity in the end. Um, that people are more prone and people are more resistant to a particular kind of entity takeover. Uh, my girlfriend and I call it ride alongs, <laughs> you know, yeah. you have like a ride along where you don't like parasite. all of a sudden you're, you're doing, yeah, it's a parasite. You're doing or saying something that you're not even aware of, you know, but you're perceived and your rea and your actions are creating reactions that are maybe in opposition to who you really are. And you may not have any say over it, you know, depending on a, what was allowed to get in what you invited in and what has always been there and it's just been sucking off you like a tick i don't know it's yeah. really interesting stuff jerry mars jerry marzinski has a whole bunch of i'm gonna have to check that out because i've definitely had some uh i've had enough alleged psychedelic experiences over the years to what make me think that that shit's 100 percent real yeah, I think it is 100% real. I think that part, is, that's the whole thing, man. It's like, I think a lot of these things, like there, there, there's no one or two explanation for how things are. I think there's a multitude of explanations of how things are. And to think that only one or two of them can be in existence or be valid at a time, I think is absurd. I think that it's possible. I think it's entirely likely that we can have multiple explanations and reasons for things that would by all appearance seem in opposition to each other coexisting at the same time that's why that's how like you can be right. both right and wrong at the same time you know like black lives matter yes that, that's right um but and i'm not going to say that that's also wrong but the idea of black lives well matter, black lives matter but also all lives matter both are true statements right absolutely both are true statements and both are depending on their perception and who's receiving the information and what their intellect and what their mind runs away with could be wrong at the same time. You know, someone could say, no, just, actually, uh, no lives matter. I, I kind of like the no <laughs> lives matter. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, heard your whole conversation with Mr. Magos of Culture Wars Radio. Oh, God, I was on a tangent that night. I've been, on, really... I've been on his show and he's just recently was on, on this one. So, uh, but no, I noticed the conversation that you had with him he like the same wall got hit that was like with me and him which was he just really is he he's he's he takes he's willing to go a certain amount of distance into like woo woo conspiracy land but it's like it, there's definitely a huge resistance to that 
And so like, that's one, th like what you were just to go back to what you were just saying, it's like, why can't it be simultaneously true that there are coincidences and like a lot of the stuff comes down to greedy corporations and money while they're also being a grand conspiracy related to COVID or related to whatever, like both things can be true at once. Yeah. It's not either or. Yeah. But you get these hardcore people and I love them. I mean, I love that there are such just regimented, walled-in personalities and philosophies where they're like, no, it has to be the global cabal of lizard people. <laughs> it has to well, be. There's no other explanation. That's true. That, that, that's true. The lizard you know, people thing is true. <laughs> lizard people thing is totally true. Uh, and it's also true I'm that friends, there's... I'm close there friends are... with two flat earthers, man. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and and I mean, and believe me, they convinced me that I don't have to be married to the ball. So I'm not, right. you know, I'm, I'm not married to the ball, but I'm also not in any position so interested that I want to disprove the ball. Right. I just like keeping the idea open that maybe, you know, I'm thinking it's not necessarily even a flat earth, but maybe it's a cube earth. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like <laughs> knows, a man. circle and a square at the same time, you know, and maybe yeah. it's a hexagon earth. Maybe it's this, it's an earth that's kind of like a soccer ball. I forget what those are called. Maybe it's a tetrahedron. I don't know. I just think that the these binary positions of like, nope, it's got to be this because this and because this. Maybe the whole earth this. is God's left nut, man. It could be, man. It could yeah. just be a fart in the wind, and we're just experiencing we it forever. All we are is farts in the wind. All we are <laughs> is farts. <laughs> That's a jingle for you. <laughs> Dude, I've got a great jingle in my mind, but I haven't, I haven't figured out how I'm going to do it yet. But it's... I'll just give you two hints, okay? And since you're a musician and a badass, maybe you can just run with it. Um, it's Metallica, Master yep. of Puppets. That's it. Oh, so okay. Second so hint. A, okay. <laughs> Second. So it's like, okay. So it's, ma <laughs> it's Master of Puppets music, obviously without the lyrics, because they'll fucking they'll take you to the poorhouse, um, and maybe they'll take you to the poorhouse for using the the music. I don't know. That's not my department. If it falls um, under parody, it's usually okay. Yeah, I think you could parody it. Um, okay, I'm just gonna tell you what I'm gonna do. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get real close to the mic and tell you the secret. Okay, it's Masker of Puppets. Masker, <laughs> Masker of Puppets. That's good. That's good. Masker, Masker. Masker. It's just perfect. That's good. Okay, that's I good. Yeah, you got to do that. You have to do that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna do it. I've I've been. Th it's great though. My buddy just ran the idea by me of, uh, you know, that song by the Kaiser Chiefs, uh, Rudy, 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 Rudy. Ah. No, I don't know. What are you doing? Okay, well, let's Ruby, Ruby. Instead of that, it's just like clips of Rudy Giuliani ranting about election <laughs> prog. And it's like, Rudy, 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 Rudy. <laughs> That's, That's what I'm going to do next, probably. Yeah, my mind goes to the clash. Rudy won't fail. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, that, that would work too. That would work too. I hope you're writing these down, man. <laughs> uh, these are gems. These are these are exit <laughs> strategies, man. Chris, we got it. We got it. Uh, <laughs> what did I do with my drink? Oh, here we go. What are you drinking? Well, on hey, today, man, sir? you sent me some clips. You want to get into any of these? Yeah, but first, I have to ask you to like um, maybe just ramble into the mic for about. 55 seconds while I go uh, take a piss real quick. Is that okay? I know we're yeah, live, yeah, yeah. but I, I have to do it. This is America. Okay. Sounds uh, good. Timer, start, timer starts now. Ding, ding, ding.
It looks like you're having a good time. Hillary Clinton? More like Hillary Clint, son. Bitch got a pussy. I mean, she got a real pussy. You could stick loose change inside. Productions. Hey man, the women that the women that be hey man, the women that the women that come to these things, man, they horny as fuck. Today on the podcast, we're going to be making one of my favorite snacks of all time using saltine crackers, peanut butter, and a little bit of cayenne pepper. They're called Texas Pussy Snappers. I'm back. I want you to look at yourself in the mirror right now, because this is the last time you're going to be looking this gay in your whole life. <laughs> in the 70s, I, had, I was fucking 25 fat girls to get them to go get diet pills. All the fat girls in town was over at my house. <laughs> I'd say, baby, go on over there and get them pills now and come on back over here. <laughs> and I mean, I had all the fat women in town bringing me speed in the 70s till they cut that out, you know, in about 73. Noah, Noah, you couldn't get no diet pill. That clip will never get old, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome, man. That is so good. Dude, your uh, show is so funny, man. You have all these crazy clips. <laughs> I love it. I'm trying to I'm trying to get some... Uh, I keep adding to the list, but the more you add, the harder it is to pull one up in, in any quick amount of time. Right. Dude, so real quick before we start getting into some other stuff, I wanted to ask you about the clips and stuff like... What do you use to to play clips like on a usually on a live? Windows Media Player? <laughs> really, and so you can play that while you're recording, and your your other listener or person can hear it as well and talk about it. So that's what you're using for this as Windows Media. Yeah, player? well, I have several programs running. So I got Blue Voice to kind of cut out background noise on my mic. I got Voice Meter Potato running to route all the stuff, like my mic and whatever I'm playing on my desktop and then you all in and then route everything besides you back in through clean feed to where you're hearing everything on my computer except for your own voice wow yeah god that sounds advanced to me it took a long <laughs> it took a lot of help from day or no Neil for me to figure out how to set all this up yeah bless his heart man he's the shit i, I feel like shit. i want to i, I want to reach out to him and uh and ben rose sometimes and ask like really stupid base questions but i don't want to annoy them i did you know? that i annoyed the shit out of darren but you know it is what it is okay cool <laughs> i mean it, at this point i've learned enough to where if you're not using apple products i can help you do a lot of what you need to do probably because i'm using mostly free software yeah i'm using an apple product i only have one little uh, macbook yeah, air and and a mic i've never and I used have anything little... apples except for like my old ipod nano <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, mean, I, do, I do have a microsoft machine that i use just to stream netflix and amazon for my kid on right. my tv uh, and it's a good machine but for some reason i was convinced that if i'm gonna do a podcast i gotta get an apple and you know <laughs> they got you <laughs> yeah i mean the first few episodes i did with the the, the microsoft machine so i'm I don't know. I'm just I'm just stuck in this loop. But okay, that's cool information. Maybe I'll I'll pick your brain about this off the mic some other time. 
Because yeah, I, I mean, honestly, me. I, I would I would love to evolve the show to such a point where it's I'm not going to copy you, Chris, but I would love to have guests come in and then be able to play clips, you know, like a la No Agenda, which is one of the coolest things about your show is it's way more funny. <laughs> it's way funnier. Uh, I try to get yeah. some funny clips in there. I mean, I, I think uh, I think like the, there's a, another thing about the No Agenda community is everybody's borrowed from each other, like half the shows on the stream use the bell you know and that's a yeah. that's that's a straight no agenda thing yeah you, know, you got yeah, the, yeah. so uh i don't know it's it's like i I'm, I'm not i don't really care anybody can even use any of my jingles or whatever it's that i made it's like i'm not worried about anybody <laughs> ripping me off i'm not make. i'm not trying to create a brand for myself as much as just have fun and also one right. of the coolest things about doing a podcast like this is i've gotten to talk to people that I never would have been able to talk to otherwise, like you, like uh, Pat Militic was our first guest, and that was awesome. The Grand America yeah, guys, okay. I never, I, I, Grand America was one of the first podcasts I ever listened to, and being able to talk to them a couple times has been awesome. Yeah, it's pretty so cool. Stuff I mean, like Twitter, that's just really, yeah. really cool. Twitter's been a help for that too, just reaching out to people. Just, I mean, having the, just like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna direct message this guy, or I'm gonna retweet this dude, and and ask him like, hey, come on my show. I got a couple hooks out for a couple people that I really want to talk to, um, but we'll see where it goes. But yeah, I'm I'm so stuck, man. This show is awesome. Thanks, thanks a million. This has been fun. Let's keep it going. Let's go. Let's move on. All right, what's uh, you brought some clips? What are these clips? I don't know. I get uh, they're in alphabetical <laughs> order, so I don't know. I don't know what you want to do. I don't know. I'm gonna look in the file that I sent you. Oh my god. Okay. Well, I got I like uh, Super Bowl kids. Sounds interesting. Okay, yeah, go ahead and play that and we'll go from there. That's that's pretty fun. One element that I always sort of look for is things are, are the money, the economics of it. So, um, you know, children, be it kids who are abducted, kids who are runaways, um, kids who are abused, um, are often uh, used and manipulated. Um, and the sort of trafficked aspect, you know, relates. So uh, just to pause, it's not as fun as I anticipated. from. The oh, time. it's a lot of fun. <laughs> It's fun. Um, What's and wrong the sort with of you? aspect, you know, relates to l literally a kid becoming a prostitute and you know, a pimp or a panderer takes the kid across state lines um, to everything from kids who are taken and flown overseas, kids who are brought here. Um, I think, you know, you could, you could look this up, but I'm pretty sure that the Justice Department states that the largest single child trafficking Sort of event is the Super Bowl every year. Every year, whatever city the Super Bowl is in, prostitutes are sort of flown all over the country and brought to that city. Now that says a lot about a lot of different things, but I think the irony of it is, you know, America's greatest pastime, you know, the largest single television event in the world, is also sort of the backdrop for one of the darkest, you know, most disturbing aspects of society that, frankly, we just don't like to talk about. You know, it's easier to talk about murders. And it is to talk about missing and exploited children, and sort of that's that's a, that's a sort of you know a, a difficult thing to come to grips with when you sort of start looking into this. Um, it's easy to turn the other cheek. It's fun. Come on, that's open fun. up your eyes, man. <laughs> <laughs> the Super Bowl I, is is surprising to me. I think that's John DeCamp. I'm not quite sure, but I think that comes from, um, I don't think it comes from uh, 
that documentary. Um, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's what, called. Conspiracy um, of Silence? Or? Yeah, yeah. I, but I think that's John DeCamp, but I don't think it's from that documentary. Um, but yeah, so I, I put that clip into one of my shows about, not necessarily about trafficking, but about the um, exploitation of, of, of kids. And also, I think that was in the MK Ultra part of the MK Ultra series I did that was like one of my first big big tasks with the podcast was doing the, the four part series in MK Ultra and child yeah man I've and, only and listened Monarch, to part like one I'm gonna Operation have Monarch to get through stuff. those I only, I've only heard part one we, our first episode was MK Ultra so great minds think alike but yeah four four and you could probably do four more I'm guessing I've only heard the first part so far but I mean that's such Dude, a, I had MK to put Ultra it down. a topic that's just an endless rabbit hole it's endless, but then you got a lot of really great researchers out there, people that I love a lot and respect that are some of the most well-researched, intrepid gatherers of data, and they're fairly, almost 100% as objective as you can be. They poo-poo all over. They shit all over MKUltra. They shit all over Monarch and all these other programs that we know exist. And I mean, they have existed in the past to think that they just wrap up these money makers because they're <laughs> because why like why would they ever stop making money why would they ever stop making intelligence assets you know they, they won't because it's it's huge i mean it's it's a matter of cornering a market so but there's some really great researchers that shit all over monarch and shit all over mk ultra saying that it never really happened and but i think it does and i think it's my dad thinks kanye is an mk ultra victim i think he probably is i mean i, I mean it's but not he broke free those, right it's well, it's one of those things that it can be it can be both at the same time. It can be yes and no. It can be it can be up is down. That's part of why I did the show and why I named the show the way that I did, because it's like I'm trying not to say, you know, like this is really this is the only way, but like, yeah, this is a possibility. Like this could be happening. And right. I think when it comes to child trafficking, specifically sexual abuse of child of children, there's a whole deeply embedded philosophical really magical aspect to it that is way beyond and way darker than just dark dark magic yeah dark dark magic that's like it like the most comprehensible part of it is child prostitution because that's a that's right. a system of economics that we can understand but it, I, we, I agree with Alex Jones when he says it's a form of psychic vampirism like they're sucking the inner energy and the innocence out of the children I think it's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's absolutely true. And if you if you can do that and if you can turn it out into a marketplace and make money off it and perpetuate your organization, then why wouldn't you do that? You know? Yeah. And there's thousands hundreds of thousands of kids all over the world that are either leaving home or being taken from their home, um, will willfully or not, that you got Ellen DeGeneres on a hooked on adrenochrome and <laughs> I don't I don't know if, I don't know if adrenochrome is real the whole adrenochrome thing I I go back and forth on because I do know about the I think it's gland, real but I know? don't think it's like you know Jimmy Fallon and Ellen on it <laughs> no no that's all psyop to get people just to just that shit just up you know it excites their little brain and it excites yeah. their amygdala it was and, funny seeing Ellen DeGeneres crying on her couch with all those pictures in like it looked like she had an ankle bracelet on for house arrest she had something on her ankle under under her pants <laughs> but it's like it's, yeah she's not under house arrest guys calm down yeah it's a fitbit that's all, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> she puts do, it on her do, ankle. okay do you think trump's been doing a, a decent job with like all the 
saw children rescued from sex trafficking and pedophile arrests are way, way up of any president. If I was going to say that... Unless I, that's a psyop and the numbers are fake. I was, If I was going to say that I believe that there was actually a, a position to stop that type of industry and economic force, then I would say, yeah, for sure. I... I honestly, I mean, honestly, this I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself out here and show my ass, but I do think that Trump is good on that. You know, I think he's been really good on that. I've noticed this going back to 2017 when I farted, when I when I farted, when I farted, <laughs> uh, uh, paying attention, um, seeing the DOJ doing all these operations where they're supposedly liberating kids, but just seeing yeah, how it's I been. I think that's pushed. one of the reasons they hate him. Yeah, well, maybe. Maybe, but I think the real reason they hate him is because he's really the only person standing in the way of the the globalizing glacier. You know, yeah, the great and, reset, the build back yeah. better. He was in the you know the global climate shit. Like he was, yeah, the Paris a real big monkey wrench in, into all of that. So even for that alone, Trump's so much better than any Bush, Obama, Clinton we've had. I know, but and man, I. I I hate the guy, but I love him too. You know, yeah, I love him and I hate him because he's such a fucking cartoon clown. He's hilarious, but, and it's also the most entertaining thing about him is how irate he makes really emotionally manipulated people, <laughs> like oh, low yeah. IQ people. <laughs> like he yeah. just freaks them out. Patton Oswalt yeah. hasn't had a good night of sleep in four years. I know. He just excites their brains, and he does it on the other side, too. All the QAnon yeah. people, their little brains are just so fucking, ah, they just get all crazy about it. And then there's people that I know that I love a lot that are like, they're not necessarily QAnoners, and they, you know, but they're they're full-on, like, patriot, and, and that's great. I'm, I'm a, I consider myself a patriot, but yeah, I'm a patriot because I believe in the idea of self-ownership. Uh, and I do believe to a certain degree the idea of America, but after listening to Pete Quinone's podcast, Free Man Beyond the Wall, for like the last couple of months, I'm really starting to change my mind about how I view the Constitution and how I view the whole the whole system. And I just kind of want to walk away from it all. But as far as your question of thinking that if Trump has been good for put, taking down some of these rackets, I think he's put a hell of an effort in, you know. And I think that's also part yeah. of the reason why they want to get him out because – the trafficking industry, whether it's kids or adults, the human trafficking industry, and that equates directly to slavery. And that equates also to, you know, what you and Billy Bones are talking about as far as the prison labor slavery. That's just, that's all white market slavery. But there's a whole global effort to keep, I mean, there are more people enslaved in the world today than there ever have been in chains in 17th century True. United States today. And it's yep. all allowed and it's necessary to keep our demand for goods and services going. And I don't think Trump wants to stop that. I don't think he, I don't think he sees that personally, but I do think that his department of justice has done a tremendous job in taking down some of these operations and at least trying to put a cap on what some of these economics, what some of these economies can, can gain from trafficking children. Um, yeah. I don't well, there's want that, to think and then there's that just it's going like, to end. Yeah. And that's the, um, that's the thing. Hotep, with it now we're talking about it. it's like basically trump trump was like the gasp the last gasp of air it's like if if america is a drowning man then uh, trump was the last gasp of air before your lungs fill with water and you sink to the bottom of the ocean yeah um if if globalism if like because he's really like the last thing we have to stop against the whole 
shutdown of the economy, mandate vaccines, uh, permanent lockdowns, tracking everyone. Your yeah. your uh, microchip, or your, as Bill Gates calls it, your digital certification. So yep. like that's that shit is fucking coming, and that shit is on its way, no doubt about yeah. it. And to see so many people celebrating and cheering on their own enslavement like oh thank god, god we got trump out there out of there it's like man trump like love him or hate him man he is like the one hope we had to hold off that cascade of tyranny that's coming our way yeah and isn't it ironic that that one hope came in the form of a fucking degenerate television yeah. host <laughs> a pageant host a former like pro wrestler shill yeah. You know, I mean, that speaks volumes of where we are as a culture. In so many ways, I think we deserve everything we get. That's why I'm just into self-preservation and personal strategies of removing myself from the systems because there's no stopping it, man. I don't think it's there's like any stopping Carlin, it, even uh, if Trump were to play. stay in office. You know, I think even if Trump were to stay in office, it would never stop. It's just going to keep going. Imagine, imagine if that guy were to stay in office. And I think he's done, honestly. I want to believe that he's got a whole... A whole magic show up his sleeve that he's going to pull Shield out a whole lot of and the, yes. the, the, oh, the yeah. watermarks the, the valves yeah. were watermarked and all that my dad's yeah. all in on that I, I, my dad's been into Q since the beginning of Q yeah I think he's like done. all in on Q and uh, <laughs> I'm, I texted my dad after like they declared it for Biden I was like are we still trusting the plan <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like, yeah. he was like yeah he's all convinced like Steve Pachinik's he was mad at Alex Jones for doubting Steve Pachinik's uh blockchain ballot scam sting that trump set up i mean it's possible yeah i mean who knows at this point 2020 has been crazy but i'm i'm betting that even if trump pulls it off and wins in the courts like there ain't those thousands of sealed indictments are never fucking coming no man it's not coming that's just more chum for the sharks it's just chum for both sides to get their brains excited because like can yeah. you believe he's gonna try to move forward and then then the other <laughs> side is gonna be like can you believe he's finally moving forward it's just it's the <laughs> same it's the same it's just a tiny bit of difference yeah. between the, the the scale of what color you're on and it's just that's all part of the binary divisional system of uh right. You know, it's 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 alchemical, really. I mean, and there's a whole another esoteric level of it, of it being a giant alchemical um, separation of base elements into finer points that can then be recombined in the chemical wedding of a new product, which is the new way and the build back better. With the build back better in itself, those three words, the precedent is obvious if you can see it that it's already gone. You know, to build back better, then. It, I mean, what, how could you build something back if it wasn't already gone? Right. You know, and so like, like there, it's right there in your face if you have the eyes to see it. And then of course people like, <clears throat> like you and me and other people around us who listen to No Agenda, once you've squeegeed your third eye <laughs> in the Bill Hicks way, maybe, you know, right. once you see things, you can't unsee them. And once you know how to see the words and to hear them and exactly how they're being sold to you and, and shown to you build back better the precedent is that whatever was there is gone and even though yet we're still waking up in our houses and we're going to work and we're driving our cars and we can go to the store yeah we might have to wear a mask you know we might we might not be able to go to work or go to that store so they're right it it, it is already gone no mask mandate here man 
Oh, it's crazy. I'm jealous. Oregon is just Tennessee. Free in Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah, free in Tennessee. I'm glad you said that because that was one of the things I was talking with with uh, Sal the Agorist, that punk rocker revolutionary criminal guy who I love. I think he's fucking badass, and I have no idea if he's a criminal. I'm just speculating because I'm not stupid. But he he was on a podcast with a homesteader uh, lady, and, and her podcast is called Free in Tennessee. Have you ever heard of that? No, I just said that because I was on Grumpy Old Ben's with Darren and Bimrose and as a guest, and they titled the episode Free in Tennessee because I was bragging about how I went to the courthouse to get my tags renewed and you didn't have to wear a mask inside. Ah, so jealous, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there's a little bit of a movement, at least over there, as far as because you are free in Tennessee, there's a... There, there's you have a little bit more room to do you know like if you were going to go that way to get your get your 3d printer and print your firearms and grow your food and have your chickens and things like oh, that yeah. but you know but you're outside still, of memphis and and uh murfreesboro it most places in tennessee you're gonna hear gunshots out in the country pretty often but you're never worried it's yeah. like oh yeah it's just rednecks yeah but if the <laughs> whole if the whole state's rednecks and it's like oh it's just my neighbors right <laughs> you know yeah. Uh, no, Murfreesboro was sketch, man. When we lived there, there were shootings all the time. Really? Is Our there... house was like covered in caution tape one day. This dude got shot in the face. Or oh police my God. tape, I mean. We had a sh- another shooting right by our house in the apartment complex. We had a bank get robbed like right across the street. It's like fucking Damn. crazy. But do you have stab parties? There's stab parties that happen here. I mean, it's only <laughs> it's only happened once as far as I know, but there was a situation in portland about three maybe four months ago where there was a group of people arrived at a house with a group of people and everyone in the house was stabbed everyone even the assailants so it was like a stab party (laughs) i'm like what what does that look like they chose not to bring guns they had a mission and (laughs) everyone got stabbed like that sounds like some crazy magic shit to me like what the fuck yeah it's like an, a ritual. Yes, it does. It seemed it seemed like a ritual. Yeah, I don't know. Do you want to move on on some clips? Sure, man. I got. Uh, I only have two left, so let's keep going through yours. All right. Uh, let's see here. I'm just looking. Through. Okay, so I, I I sent you a bunch of stuff. Let's do this protest spy plans KGW. As hundreds of protesters marched peacefully through Portland this week, a small airplane buzzed overhead. The Cessna Skyhawk couldn't be identified by protesters on the ground. It was too high. So who is that flying wide counterclockwise circles over demonstrators? Using publicly available flight records, KGW found Portland police has flown surveillance every night but one since the large demonstration started in Portland on May 28th. Okay, this just gave me an idea. Okay. This is really woo-woo, but <clears throat> you know how you're talking me. with Magos about, about when the George, the chop zone, how it's like, how did they paint this this mural right? so yeah. quick and so precisely and so well? I'm glad you, you heard that. They would that, need like a, a, was... upper, a higher up perspective. Mm-hmm. What if the fucking Portland police were in on it and they used that fucking drone? <laughs> what if the Seattle police were in on it? Right. Yeah. I mean... Pretty... <laughs> <laughs> it's it sounds ridiculous maybe but not really you know if you think about especially in the context of that 
that huge mural on the street being created in a matter of 24 hours, like, give me a break. There, there's a, That's a con massively concerted effort involving dozens of people using well, and technology and Bones, materials. As Billy Bones said, too, you're getting arrested if you deface Black Lives Matter murals, which is police revenue. So it would be in the police interest to it'd be in, like, the mayor and the police's, like, super left progressive city's interest to push black lives matter yeah i would think so uh, i'm gonna have to work out this idea a little more before i start spouting my mouth <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> right so I, I fell off the stairs on that one so if you're defacing black lives matter like a sign if someone has it like on their window or like if someone on writes public BL, property. BL, if so if someone spray paints blm on public property and you deface that is that considered a hate crime is that yeah, at least that's what Billy Bones said in Seattle. They're arresting people, or they're they're fining people for that and making you go to um, like a sensitivity training. All right. Well, Billy Bones, please come back with more clarity on that because I'm I'm in the weeds on that. I would like to know. I would like to know if defacing or buffing out graffiti on a <laughs> on a public wall or a state wall, a city wall. I don't think it's is, just Seattle is, either. I think that's happened in a couple places. Yeah, ah, that's interesting to me. Yeah, that's keeping that magic alive. Because you got to think about the two of the words, Black Lives Matter is the rule of threes, as we talked, we, you know, I've heard this on No Agenda. I've featured it in one of my shows. These are incantations. You know, these are, these are vocal commands. These are, they, those are magic spells. They're incantations. They have your intent. They have your will. And you're pushing out this theme. It's, it's an egregore. You know, you're, you're creating an egregore, which is a formless, shapeless, um, entity, more or less, and I'm not entirely versed, so please don't come at me. Um, at Dean Reiner, at Up is Down Podcast on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> with, but you're creating an egregore of, of intention. It's sort of, it's a thought form. It's like the similar to like a golem, you know, and you, you give it a specific purpose and intention. And then it lives out. Yeah, homunculus. It lives out that operation. And then uh, it's it has the potential to go rampant, go rogue as far as I understand, but then there's some things like certain kind of agrigorms and thought forms that you can give a specific task to like, Hey, I, um, I want to be financially uh, beneficial regarding this particular idea or market. And you can create an agrigor for that. And then um, and like how on 2001 space odyssey, like how like that. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's people I know that have specific thought form agrigors that they've created to help them financially. And uh, I'd be, Dude, I'm shit you not. It works. Like, I don't know if it's just a matter of chance or providence or just their own intuition or hard work, commitment, dedication, whatever, but they give thanks to this egregore and they continually feed it thought and intention and uh, create a space for this egregore to exist. And this, and then somehow, through all things considered, they continually have these uh, spontaneous combustions of economic opportunity and wealth where they end up being on the on the winning end you know to quote the <laughs> charlie sheen winning uh they're they're, they're winning all the time <laughs> even when they're not winning they're still winning so i think there's something to it but yeah i don't know man i was banging seven gram rocks and finishing them because that's how i roll i have one speed i have one gear go <laughs> i love it um, i love it okay so you want to carry so what, on with so the, you need so an al gore is what does that it's called the vice an, president. Yeah, it's an Al Gore. It's an Al Gore. It's, it's also algorithm. Super ethereal. No, it's uh, it's an uh, egregore. 
It's E-G, okay. yeah, E-G-R-O. I don't know if I know that term. Yeah, egregore. Uh, check it out sometime. Yeah, egregore is like a, it's a, it's a thought form entity that has, it's, you know, formless, shapeless. It doesn't exist in this dimension. It exists in the, in, in the magic, in the, in the magic realm and in, in the ethereal, uh, but has the ability through your connection to it because you're corded to it psychically uh, or, you know, and even emotionally, uh, subconsciously you're you're corded to this idea which this is the whole the whole thing behind like oh don't don't say that don't say that you know that whole thing like oh don't don't say it because if you say it it's going to happen it's, you know speaking things to into existence as far as like oh god my life sucks i hate my job and and then my favorite one is why is this happening to me <laughs> you know like when you're speaking these things and you're saying them out loud like and i do it all the time dude i do it all the time and it fucking sucks because it's a bad habit of mine but i'm you know i get super dark and i get ultra black pilled about some stuff and and i'll say it uh to my girlfriend or to my friends around me you know how we're all fucked and then you know we're all fucked and there's no escape and the glacier's crushing down and we're doomed and god damn it and all this stuff and every time i do that i'm i'm putting power into that into that egregore especially if it's something that i've actually like uh, made it made an objective effort to form into existence and so right now i'm trying to not do that i'm trying not to speak negatively about things that i had no are subjective and that I don't have any control over, you know, I'm trying to be uh, more objective and, and strategic as far as what I talk about, like, when you talk about, about my, the, you know, when you talk about the glacier, is that a metaphor for what tyranny globalism? Uh... It's yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a metaphor for, um, for the essentially agenda 2030 thing that's been happening right, okay. since the, you know, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, since the 70s. That works because it's like, a, it's a, <laughs> that's the excuse for 2030, right? Is to protect the glaciers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's one arm of it, too. Just the, the whole, the whole Fabian, the whole Fabian society. I don't know if you know much about the Fabians, uh, but the Fabian society yeah. thing of, of gradualism and incrementalism and affecting small, tiny, gradual and incremental change over extended periods of time so that when things finally do shift and change the way you are constructing them to shift and change, the effects are going to be so widely accepted because it's just been like this. You're slowly acclimating. It's right, essentially yeah, the frog it's, in it's, the water. It's the frog in the water. Slow, turn up the heat slow. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a really great author, a guy named Jason Horsley, who does this book. Um, I recently gave it back to my girlfriend, but it's a oh, what the fuck is this book called? But Jason Horsley is amazing. He does this really great book where he explains a lot about how the Fabian society philosophy has infiltrated throughout the world, which is now being more widely recognized as globalism. But it's something in this particular context of his book. Uh, it's about um, um, what's the word making the exploitation of sexual abuse, and specifically child sexual abuse acceptable, it's normalizing, you know, like normalizing in very soft ways, um, the, the sexual exploitation of children and, and that there's a whole deeply <clears throat> occult <Vice> aspect. <laughs> Actually, I'm glad you said Vice News because the book's called The Vice of Kings. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, Jason Horsley, Vice of Kings. Terminology. Yeah, he explains uh, the Fabian 
the Fabian approach and stuff. But yeah, it's just it's gradualism and incrementalism, and and whoever's you know feeding the coffers with money, and it turns out that it's it's the globalizers because they want uh, social control over all things. They they really do, I believe. I think they really do want to kill off a large proportion of the world. Not all of them, but a very large proportion of the world to have a better controlling, more sustainable thing. And I think that they are... George uh, Godstones. Yeah, I, th I, think the population it's, I think it's... not Global population not to exceed 500 million, I believe it is. I, I think it's real. I think it's real. Yeah. You, you remember that... Uh, I've played it too many times on the show, but that guy that called into Art Bell on Coast to Coast, the Area 51 guy? Oh, the guy who's freaking out? Yeah. He's like, yeah. They, they are... There's a lot of safe places they could take everybody to, but they want the major population centers wiped out. And he's like, the early version of the space program made contact with aliens, but they're they're extra dimensional, not extraterrestrial. And like the yeah. station blows, and Art Bell's like, somehow we got knocked off the air. My first time I've seen it, my thirty years on air. <laughs> yeah, I I've, I understand. I mean, there's a lot of uh, disinformation out there, but I've. Again, I'm like halfway on the fence of like that that was controlled and that whole thing was a sham. I don't know. There's some people that say that whole thing, that whole Art Bell interaction with that caller was fabricated. I mean, it easily could be. Yeah, it easily could be. What The biggest red flag for me was like, really? Area 51? I know. Oh, and, and not the mountain next door. Like there's so many other places where they're <laughs> so doing So many other places. Things. Oak Isn't Ridge, Tennessee would have been more believable than that shit. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I'd have to take that with a grain of salt. But again, it's one yeah. of those things. I think that all these things could be real and happening at the same time. True. All right. I did. I never did finish this uh, spy plane clip. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. This was. Uh, did, I think I heard this. Was this your episode? Didn't you? You did an episode about the about the Portland. Uh, riots and stuff right and like over i think i heard it uh, on the no agenda stream a while back yeah i, I probably did because i think they just streamed my rss feed i think i did but it, i don't think it involved this clip i think oh, i think okay. i just i mean it, you were it talking about have. like planes like uh oh never mind i'm talking out Dude, my I, ass it's been too long I, since i've heard it <laughs> i probably did i don't i don't uh, <laughs> i don't remember <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how that goes right. carry on captain so who is that flying wide counterclockwise circles over demonstrators? Using publicly available flight records, KGW found Portland police has flown surveillance every night but one since the large demonstration started in Portland on May 28th. So far, police have spent more than 65 hours watching protesters from above. Law enforcement's use of surveillance planes to watch over people protesting has attracted the attention of members of Congress and government watchdogs. This type of activity is really troubling because if surveillance is used to identify protesters and catalog them, it can be used to target protesters, to direct retaliation, selective prosecution at them. The Portland Police Bureau's use of a fixed-wing aircraft is no secret. The air support unit has been around since 1990 and helped chase down countless bad guys, as illustrated by the Bureau's own video. Air 2, I've got him. He's on the shoulder northbound. And he's going over to southbound, and now he's southbound. City policy says the aircraft may be used for surveillance and crowd control, protest marches, and demonstrations. Previous reporting indicates the plane is equipped with live video cameras and heat sensors. You know, a lot of it comes down to not only 
the aircraft itself, but also what type of cameras are equipped on the aircraft, and I think most importantly, how that footage is being used. Government watchdogs believe police should be clear about what images are being captured, how they're being stored, and for how long. Worth noting, various news agencies, including KGW, have flown over the protests in Portland to document crowd size and movement. KGW does not share aerial footage or a live feed with law enforcement. Kyle Aboshi, KGW News. All right. They can't wait to send the police to your house to chop your testicles off. He's goddamn right about that. They use these planes to find a guy who supposedly drove through a crowd of protesters. Uh, oh, like Charlottesville committing. style. Yeah, yeah, and no one got hurt. I don't think, uh, but they the the you know, and he got away, quote unquote. And then within an hour, the the fucking cops were at his house, like five miles away, arresting him for that crime because they were able to track his vehicle all the way home through these planes. So these Ugh. planes are not just watching to see how big the crowds get. And they're not just um, surveilling to see if there's going to be crimes being done. These planes have been going around way before the protests. <clears throat> and I can speak to this personally because uh, my girlfriend and I have been clocking and tracking these, these planes. These are all FBI planes. They're Cessna planes, and all of their numbers have been wiped off of the radar. There's a couple different mm. apps you can get, but we use an app called uh, uh, 24 Hour, I think it's Flight Radar 24, uh, but it tracks everything in the sky. And of course, that seems on its face like, oh, yeah, well, you know, everything has to be registered because it's, it's a whole different kind of traffic way up in the air. You have to at least show other aircraft that you're here, so please don't run into me with your aircraft, you know. And so every aircraft that's on this radar has to report, and this is an Adam Curry subject. I don't know much about it. But every aircraft in the air has to report that they're there primarily. And who's and on the aircraft too ever since 9-11. That's why like the Epstein flight logs were all on record. Right. So that that's kind of another – that's a whole other thing. But this, this app doesn't have any of that information. It just says what's in the air. And most right. of them, 99% of them say where they came from and where they're going to be going. But there's a particular bunch of Cessna aircraft that are in the air and flying around. And they're not just flying around, dude. They're like flying around and around and around and around in the same circle formation for like three hours over oh, protests. Oh, God. Did you see over Melbourne and Victoria, the surveillance planes to enforce social distancing were flying in a perfect pentagram? Repeatedly? Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's super interesting there's this that dude is... freaking the fuck out watching it like tracking it yeah flight pattern. yeah look at this mate so yeah so these planes are doing this and they're not, not just and this is the whole thing this is why this is this i mean this reporting is not bullshit but it's it's only 10 percent of the larger story i and i'm not right. one to say what the larger story is all i know is that I've been looking at these planes flying around Portland in circular formations over and over again for hours in particular areas of northeast and southeast Portland, not on the west side, not on the west side of the river ever, very rarely ever, but always in north and southeast Portland. And because that's where the redlining is um, since February, a month and a half before George Floyd was even killed and almost two months before there were any actual protests or anything Whoa. like that. And what they're doing, what I think, is they're they're collecting data. And so if you want to play the next clip, um, Stingray's AP 
that might elaborate a little bit more about my theory. Sorry? No, it's okay. I stepped on it. Circling the skies across the country, the FBI is operating a small air force. The Associated Press has learned that the FBI has been using scores of low-flying airplanes with high-tech imaging devices, all registered to fictitious companies. People, I don't like this at all. You don't have to like it. Get out of the city. <laughs> For years, if going back more than a decade, have been concerned when they see these low-flying airplanes circling above their house, so much so that some people even call 911 and ask the police, who is this person circling above? The AP traced at least 50 aircraft back to the FBI, including this single-engine Cessna spotted at a regional airport in northern Virginia. The key thing on, on that aircraft is that if you look on the left-hand side, there's like a white basketball-looking object. And what that is is a camera, so when the plane makes a 90 degree, or rather left-hand turns going around a certain area, the camera is off to the side recording as the aircraft is sweeping over a certain maybe two-mile radius. That same aircraft was seen over Baltimore last month. Public radar data collected by FlightRadar24.com shows it making tight circles around the western area of the city where violent protests broke out following the death of Freddie Gray while in police custody. An AP analysis revealed in the past few weeks the FBI flew on more than 100 flights over 11 states. The FBI says its aviation program is not secret, telling the AP, quote, the aircraft are not equipped, designed, or used for bulk collection activities or mass surveillance. The FBI uses all tools and equipment and conducts all investigations in accordance with the Attorney General guidelines. But the FBI has gone to great lengths to conceal its ownership of the planes. Records show they are registered to at least 13 fake companies. Included on most registrations, a mysterious name, Robert Lindley, who appears to have three distinct signatures. The FBI would not say whether Lindley is a U.S. government employee. In addition to being equipped with video surveillance technology, officials who spoke to the AP under the condition of anonymity said the planes are sometimes equipped with cell site simulators, which can capture information from cell phones. This is all coming mm. at a time when the government, and particularly President Obama, has said he encourages a debate on surveillance and privacy. It's not clear exactly how the surveillance technology is being used or what the specific capabilities of each aircraft are, but the flights represent an evolving frontier for law enforcement. Robert Bumstead, Associated Press. Robert Bumstead. Yes, the Associated Press, completely uncompromised news sourcing. It sounds like a, uh, a hobbit name. Yeah, Bumstead. 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 <laughs> Bumstead! <laughs> uh, right, so so what they're talking about is a particular device called a Stingray. And a Stingray acts, I don't know, do you know much about Stingrays? The Have you ever heard of those? No. They killed the, Steve the, Irwin. The, <laughs> yeah, no, that was a croc, mate. As far, no, it was a Stingray, you're right. <laughs> yeah, I was funny with um, that. I just remember the know, South Park episode that, like, Two weeks after he died, had him in hell with a stingray sticking out of his heart. Oh my God, that's brutal. Those guys are so great. No, <laughs> uh, stingrays. Uh, stingray is a device that's. It could be as small as a. Uh, a basically, this they could be as big as a big fucking suitcase or as small as a like hardback book. But it's an intermediary device that goes in between your cell phone or your laptop and the cell tower. 
And so it basically oh. pings just like a cell tower and then it gathers up all of your information and data. It just scrapes your whole everything, your browser history, your phone, all your contacts, all your text messages. It scrapes it all and collects it. And then it still sends your signal, your call, or your text or your whatever you're doing to the cell tower. So yeah. it's just it's just a middleman point. It just it's an intermediary. And so it acts just like a mobile cell tower. And these things have been used over and over and over again, hundreds of thousands of times, I'm sure by now, in a sting operations to, hence Stingray, to take down drug dealers or prostitution rackets or whatever. Um, yeah. But these things can be put into planes. They've been put into planes for probably two decades. This is not old technology. To get a Stingray device, you only need about $130,000. At the high end, I think it's about $200,000. The low end is about seventy grand. Can to anybody get, a get one? Device. Like a civilian yeah. can buy one. Yes, oh, it's yes. legal. So okay, it's super cheap shit, and it's mm. cheap technology, and it's constantly growing. And the FBI, so you're not breaking laws forever. when you get into somebody's when you surveil no. somebody as a citizen. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't know. Could, you could be getting uh, bank pass passwords and. Yeah, how do you think all this hacking shit happens? Yeah, I guess so. And I, I, I don't know. Listen, I, I'm not, I'm not saying I know. Can you stingray a saying... stingray? Like, I'm sure there's ways for somebody to find, like, locate a stingray that's being used and take somebody down if they're doing illegal shit with it. Yeah, I don't think it's impossible at all. If you want to go to the next clip, um, just titled stingray. To do, you can either do stingrays or uh, surveillance and you stingray. I'm not sure which one is long. I think one of them is like seven minutes long. So you can... whether you're here. Here, here, or at one of these, it doesn't matter. This Protest. can find you. The common name, Stingray. Technically, a cell site simulator. First developed for military use, it's made its way into local law enforcement. It can track a person down to the room they're in if they have their cell phone on them. Stingrays turn these into homing devices. And that's just the beginning. These are... <laughs> It's really funny how this guy, like this, this news report was clearly made for a visual component. It's like turns yeah, these into these, and one of those. And if you're at this, <laughs> and of course you could say like he's just holding up like a bunch of bananas and a shoe. <laughs> for tracking devices, this is emitting a signal. This is GPS. Mike Mino with the North Carolina branch of the ACLU has been watching the spread of stingrays for years. It's my understanding that the software that a lot of these devices use is capable of capturing things like your text messages, the numbers you're calling and receiving calls from. We know for sure they're getting people's location. Here's how it works. Cell phones are always trying to connect to nearby cell towers. A stingray acts like a cell tower decoy. In what's called a man-in-the-middle attack, it tricks cell phones into thinking it's the nearest cell tower, phones connect to the stingray, and police can access a range of personal information. But they don't just get intel on one phone. Every phone nearby is forced to divert to the stingray. Calls ding, are ding, passed ding. on to a real cell tower, data scooped up stays with police when you ask them why ding, they're ding. using it they'll say well we're targeting certain individuals but the nature of the technology is so expansive that you cannot use this without countless innocent people having their data captured as well the i-team has learned at least three law enforcement agencies in the triangle have been using cell site simulators but they don't like to talk about it and may not be allowed to 
These two purchase orders show Raleigh and Durham police bought variations of the Stingray within the last 10 years. Raleigh's purchase order, obtained by the I-Team two years ago, shows the department paid more than $120,000 for the device. Separate documents obtained by the ACLU show Durham spent nearly twice that. In spite of those purchase orders, both departments claimed not to be using one. When the I-Team asked recently, Raleigh says they stopped using theirs because of outdated technology. With the Stingray, though, they got new ones. is part of the deal. Durham's contract with the device's manufacturer includes a strict non-disclosure clause, not just about the Stingray, but about the agreement itself and its subject matter. There is such secrecy around this, and I think it's because it's so powerful. I have a cell site simulator, and um, we do use it. Wake Sheriff Donnie Harrison is the only current law enforcement officer we could find here or elsewhere willing to talk even a little about the device and how it's used. It's a very useful tool that we use, um, not only for the bad guys, uh, but for looking people that are lost, looking people that uh, say they're going to commit suicide. Sometimes we have used them uh, for children that's missing that have uh, phones. And, Sometimes. Um, Basically, that's all about, about all I'm going to say about it. Harrison told us Wake County has had a cell site simulator since 2008. He insists they're always within the law and always get a warrant first. But there's very little public documentation of those warrants or of the use of stingrays in general here or in any of the cities in which we looked. But no, we don't like to talk about it. Uh, you know, when a general goes in battle, he doesn't uh, give out his battle plans. It's the classic question. Safety or privacy? Law enforcement will tell you these things get bad guys off the street and help good people out in the meantime. Critics say we just don't know, and we don't, by design. As long as we do it lawfully, uh, I don't care what people say. Uh, my job is to keep people safe. The public needs to know more. I think this is something that the courts need to know more about. Um, there are real questions about whether a technology that soaks up innocent people's data can be used uh, constitutionally. Yeah, so. Walking through public space, data is being collected about people all the time in various oh, forms. Oh yeah, this clip, this is kind of a long Technology isn't really invisible, it's something that you can see very easily if you know what to look for. Obviously, it's a video from YouTube, so there's all kinds of... So right now, we are standing outside yeah. of the office building that houses the Domain Awareness System. The Domain Awareness System pulls in feeds from surveillance cameras, both police-owned and some private. It pulls data from automated license plate readers, traffic sensors and sources, into a single processing and analysis center run by the NYPD, developed in collaboration with Microsoft, launched in 2012. A single surveillance camera may not be that useful, but having surveillance cameras all over the place that can track the movements of somebody throughout a city can be very useful. Those are some automated license plate readers. There's also a pair of them on the back of that NYPD vehicle over there. So what they're actually doing is photographing and basically, you know, identifying license plates. These aren't like targeted against a specific person. These take a photograph of every single vehicle, so completely innocent drivers are stored in a database somewhere. 
shot spotters are basically acoustic sensors that are designed to detect gunfire. If three or more devices register a sound event simultaneously, that audio recording will be sent to a processing center. A technician will listen to the audio and determine whether or not it's a gunshot. And then if it is a gunshot, dispatch that information to a police department. Shot spotters are supposed to address the fact that despite gunfire being a problem in lots of cities, not many people always call 911 when they hear a gunshot um, for a lot of reasons. There have been two incidents in which audio of people's voices were caught in a recording and used actually in court cases against people in shooting incidents. So we are pretty sure that up there on top of that building is a shot spotter. I'm hesitant to like definitively call anything. Like I definitely found it without somebody actually corroborating that, but that's the closest thing I've seen. One of the things that's definitely in public space in a lot of cities in America, but a lot harder to see and point at are stingrays. Cell phones are basically constantly seeking out towers that belong to their carriers. What a stingray will do is basically imitate a cell tower, which will then send metadata about that particular phone to that device. The primary thing they do is indicate that a particular phone was in a particular location at a particular time. They can also intercept calls. They can obviously kind of by extension like collect metadata about those calls. Knowing if there's a stingray around is really hard. In New York, particularly if you see those kind of big like mobile command units, if there's anywhere that you would be reviewing intercepted material from a stingray, that seems like the most likely spot. Being able to identify surveillance technologies in public space doesn't magically make them go away or it doesn't make them stop doing what they're doing. It is kind of worth paying attention to, if nothing else, for the fact that it is kind of designed to be ignored. But being able to understand the specifics of what kinds of technologies are being used by whom and against whom is important for being able to effectively challenge their uses. Okay, so that's a long couple of clips. About These are bumming me out, man. I'm, I'm like, uh, sorry, dude. They're but... watching. They're, they're watching me, man. They're fucking watching me. They got things that <laughs> yeah. simul. Like if I fart outside and three things pick it up, it's going to the feds. Yeah, and and the thing about that, dude. I'm glad you said that because that's funny. Uh, but really what they're doing is they want to simulate your fart in multiple different dimensions so that your <laughs> fart will always exist. So that you have an avatar <laughs> fart and your fart avatar has another avatar of a fart. You know, because eventually you're not going to, your body's going to be fart useless. You'll be plugged in. Yeah, you'll be avatar. plugged into a different kind of a battery field. Uh, but your fart will be important because it'll go back into that deja vu that some other future entity will experience later on in a different, in a different dimension. That's, but that's a long way to say that, yeah, these things are happening for sure. Um, these planes that are collecting information off of people, which is clearly what they're doing, they're scraping data and they're creating things off of your information digitally. And there's all kinds of theories about that. There's not even theories. There's a real reality about world simulated programs that like the that DARPA and the Pentagon are doing. I have another clip. Dr. Giordano talks about it. I'm not sure how long that clip is, but <clears throat> just the fact that these plants have been circling over at least my neighborhood and other neighborhoods in Portland on the poor side of Portland since February, since the beginning of the coronavirus, way before George Floyd got killed, way before there was any real 
any real social action about being closed down or locked down or scared or anything, what they're doing, I think really is just collecting data about what you're looking for, what you're talking about, who you're talking to, the kinds of things you're searching and learning about, if you're learning anything at all. And then all that is going to go into another larger data collection pile, creating avatars of you in your life to a simulated reality. It, 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 another simulated universe that is under control and uh, bought and sold and can be weaponized against other people. And eventually with the outcome, and this is going to sound super grim, but I think the objective is to eliminate the body completely. The physical Oh, yeah, body. the transhumanist agenda. Um, yeah. Before before we go to the Dr. Giordano clip, I got to cleanse myself with some good news. I think this, yeah, this is from yesterday. Yeah, tell me some good news. Oh, but look, American billionaires got $434 billion richer during the pandemic. Yes, it's that great reset. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they've got giant super yachts and jumbo jets, but you get nothing. And it's for the earth, so it's better. It's their earth now. They're going to clean you off. They took it over through fraud and scams, and now they've got election fraud, and you're not going to do anything, so they're just going to brush you off. You will own nothing. Trump can win, and we can hopefully turn the tide back quicker, but you know, Revelation, you know what's going to happen. We, but we've got to build and be faithful and wake up as many as possible, and it'll get so bad that even those that are delusional in the end will wake up when they're being forced to be euthanized, when their children are being taken, when half their neighbors are dead from the vaccine, and they'll just finally go, oh, what's... And by then, it'll be drone armies, robots, uh, nerve gas, helicopters flying over, nerve gassing everybody, because they've got a mop-up plan. So they're going to hit us with different waves of bio-attack over the years, locking us down tighter each time. And then... By the time they hit us with the real weapons, uh, we'll be so absolutely outnumbered, outgunned, but it won't matter because humans are very strong when we start to fight back. And uh, it's just going to be one hell of a savage war. My God, it's just going to be, most of the people on earth will be dead at the end of this. So. <laughs> good news. <laughs> That's good news. <laughs> well, at least your money wouldn't matter at that point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll I mean, that, that's part of the whole, that's part of the whole duality of it too, Chris, is like, yeah, okay, so yeah, we're going to build it back better because it's already gone and all this and changes in the digital and the global currency and no human bodies and digital avatars. Like, where does that put your fucking house payment? Probably in the toilet at that point because you probably won't have a house anymore. You know, they don't want you to have a house. No, we'll be um, in a little in a little pod in like a single, yeah. a single like, a, <laughs> it'll, so it'll, the notion... it'll literally be the matrix. Like yeah, all those yeah, I mean, <laughs> little humans raised packs. in pods as batteries and yeah. Yeah. But you and get that's your not, little dopamine I mean, hits and who wants that? Who wants that? <laughs> I know some people. <laughs> I think there are some people that do, honestly. But then I mean just the idea Dude, that like, you gotta you know I have keep, keep your credit intact and go out and vote and pay your bills on time. It's like, dude, the the, the dollar is completely collapsing. Like <laughs> there are no jobs anymore. And because we have to build back better, so we have to start all over because it's already gone. It's just absurd to me. It's that, that Tim Dillon, that Tim Dillon rant that's so beautiful. He went on where he's like, "It's like the American party is over." You remember when you had a party, and when your parents were out of town, but they got home early, and you realized you we're caught. Oh, yes, and he's like, "It's a good one." <laughs> there's one room where everybody says, "Like, look at the floor. Don't look at anyone." There's a million words you can't say. And wear a mask, and we're gonna put this chip in your ass. <laughs> and then the other room is like, there is no music, and if you say there isn't any music, then we tell you shut up. Didn't you read Q, you idiot? 
<laughs> and, but there's a third option, and that's just wait in the living room for mom and dad. And mom and dad is President Xi and China. And when they come in, you're, you're going to say, Mommy and Daddy, I love you. I'm sorry. Please give me a social credit score. That's <laughs> fucking true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, but go, going back to the um, people wanting the pod existence, dude, it's sad, but I have a couple friends. Thank God there's not too many people I know like this, but they're like, like if I bring up like Joe Biden's going to fully implement lockdowns and that shit ain't going away. They're like, well, like I want to stay home and just get a check in the mail. It's like, <laughs> right. fuck, we're so and, fucked. So then, but I mean, but do, okay. Chris, do you ask them then like, okay, then what are you going to do? <laughs> right. Well, I bring up like even Elon Musk talks about, it. it's like, you realize if, if people don't work, then there's nothing like the supply chains break down. There's nothing for you to buy. If people don't yeah. produce stuff, there's no stuff. So that money's fucking useless. Yeah. There's this and people so don't and it, think, people have no critical thinking skills. And, it's fucking and, sad. And what would they so they're happy to stay home and get paid to do that, but then what are they doing at home all day? They don't know. It seems like they don't know or don't care. And like we know Netflix. what they're we know what yes, yes. Eyes <laughs> grewed to screens all yep. day. And their little brains just get excited and then sleep and then excited and then sleep. And then at some point they have to like put food into their body and they have to eat because if they don't eat, Carl's Jr. Weird. Fuck you. I'm eating. Yeah. Fucking <laughs> idiocracy. Dude, I watched idiocracy for the first time recently. My wife, my wife, first wife, she was, she was, she's tarted. She's a pilot now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry what were you gonna say i said i just watched idiocracy for the first time like two months ago oh, i never God, i dude, never watched it yeah. great it was absurd and frightening when i watched it because i was like you know <laughs> the cities and not really locked down because yeah you can go it's just the whole lockdown shit is ridiculous like this is like peeing like this is the part of the pool that you're not allowed to pee in but you can pee in this part of the pool you know as far as you wear your mask when you walk into a restaurant oh but you got to take it off when you get to your table but you have to put it on again when you get up from your table but when you get to the bathroom you can take it off again it's just like it's it's the hokey pokey it's all just social <laughs> control just pushing people in to see what they can get away with and they're just ratcheting it up and it's fucking working too although oh, there is massive working. resistance worldwide like when Not i saw enough. germany and it, and enough. like david ike in the uk with millions of people fucking yeah that's that's a beautiful thing to see but i'll it's a beautiful thing aside, to see. Like, it's a beautiful thing to see, dude. But I mean, but how is it presented to your 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 friend or your mom or your dad? Look at all these COVID denier, non-masker, QAnoners getting together and jerking themselves <laughs> off. Aren't they ridiculous? Yeah. Well, and, and and I I had been wondering until last week, like how the fuck did anyone vote for Joe Biden? Like, how did anybody look at Joe Biden as a candidate and think, that's who I need to vote for? And then the wife and I went hiking up in, uh, the, it's the highest point in the smoke. It's not really a hike. It's just like a walk up to the highest point in the Smoky Mountains at Cleveland's Dome in, Dome in North Carolina. And dude, outdoors in the fucking sun, over half the people, and there was a ton of people there, over half the people outdoors in the sun had fucking face diapers on. Yeah, man. And I was like, we are fucking doomed. <laughs> We're fucking doomed. And so you can see that. Dude, Chris, you left your house. You gathered up your loved one. And you got in your vehicle and you went to a place. And you took the hike 
all the way up to in the natural environment to the highest peak of what is God's, if you believe in it, whatever, the sacred ground, the right. perspective point, the satellite dish, and you looked around and you saw what you saw. Fuck, man. We're <laughs> fucked. It was a beautiful view, man. Despite like We're this giant cell tower being at the top of the highest mountain, I was like, oh, God. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it is slowly idiocracy. It's really it's it's getting there. Dude, that, that that's fucking, kinda that's that why move, I'm like it's it's all about strategy at this point because Right. It's like what we were saying, like the uh the reverse of going back in time and having all the knowledge just watch every everyone's IQ slowly drop around you and <laughs> try to hang on to yours. Yeah. The fucking the, I just uh the number one movie in America was ass. And that's all it was for 90 minutes. Yeah. It won best picture. Yeah. <laughs> they would they fucking have the, the skyscrapers like held together with fucking rope. Yeah. It's like we're going there. I mean, we're already there. Coming. We are. Just there, to think man. that we can have that. Well, okay. I'm glad that because that's a good analogy. The, the skyscrapers held together with rope. We have these different ideas and thoughts about whether it's the, the, the science science held together with our own dedication to it our own willingness and that and that is the cord like that's a rope that's a cord that holds these ideas together even though they are contradictory of each other they there there's nothing that bases some of this the mask science or even g or germ theory into reality really um depending on yeah. what you how you look at it but like because we bind these 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 twin towers, these columns of ideas, these monoliths of, of intellect and, 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 and science. Cause I mean, there really is, who is that? I forgot who the author is. Cause I've, I've, I've had a couple of bears at this point, but there's the, <laughs> there, there, there's no clear distinction between high technology and magic. There isn't because it's the same thing. And so we're holding up these, that, these thought forms, these egregores together with our own rope, which is the intention, which is according of our individuality and our perception of the universe and where we fit in into this massive puzzle. That's our cord. We're just tying these things together to keep them going. And, and in a lot of ways, it is like a blockchain, although I'm just now starting to try to understand the blockchain. But I still don't anyway. try to understand it. I'm not smart enough. But another um, way to look at the, uh, the skyscrapers held together by rope is like the skyscrapers are the... Uh, the economy and the rope is these fucking bogus stimulus packages that keep just printing more money out of thin air like this will fix it yeah yeah and i don't know man i i, I did a almost two hour long podcast about the hyperinflation, and i never published it or produced it because it was so dry i'm just reading this really elaborate article from lewrockwell.com but in this article he has a couple of um, YouTube video clips to back it up that I also clipped. That's why it ended up being so long and so dry because it seemed pretty disparate, but it's really just about what we're experiencing right now in America is straight out of the playbook that happened in Germany and America in the early thirties before the Reich, before well, well before the Reich, but they had to, they had to hyperinflate. They had to crash uh, the, the economy in Germany in order to hyperinflate and make things so impossible so that all the money you had was essentially worthless and that was the cause uh to br problem I, reaction I solution 
problem reaction solution. It was a, it's a completely manufactured crisis, and that also Thank the economy, to- then and then create false flags, like Hitler right. burning the Reichstag and blaming it on the Jews. Right, and someday maybe I'll produce this episode, but it was so goddamn dry. <laughs> like, yeah, it was boring, but it was super interesting because. That's what's happening with small business here in America, too. It's like it's not like we're hyperinflating the market so much that these small businesses are being shut down. The businesses themselves are being shut down because of our own social policing, because of our own our own willingness to go along with the COVID science or whatever, or the non-science. It doesn't even matter. It's just that the spell has been so thoroughly applied that everything is everything is under its effect, whether they want to or not, and especially small business. And there's places I know that are like wide open and they don't have, there's at least a few stores here in Portland. There's actually more than a few. There's a handful of places that they're just open for business and they're not going to have a sign on their window that says masks required. And so it leaves the critical thinking mind and the active person to take the chance of going in there without a mask or with a mask on. But just the whole mask business thing is crazy because it is shutting down these places and and ultimately, you think we the, know uh, the elites maybe have overplayed their hand? Absolutely, but it doesn't matter because it already worked. <laughs> yeah. It worked six months ago. It's right. so overplayed. It's so overplayed that they're pushing out the orange man to put the dead man in. And we all know <laughs> where that's going. But it doesn't matter because everyone is used to it by now because we've been so systematically and so effectively abused slowly and not willingly at first but now we're so traumatized that we'll accept anything that'll get us close to something that feels like normal even though it isn't normal it's never coming back it's never coming back and people know that but they're like okay well this isn't so bad yeah it's not so bad i could deal with it i've talked to people they think like yeah well it's it's like once biden gets in there or you know next year like there won't be any mass mandates. There won't be any lockdowns ever like this again. This was an anomaly, and I'm like, no, you fucking no. have no idea what's coming. No, the precedent's been set. And this is the funny thing too: is my my kid. She's six and a half. She's just about. She's going to be seven uh, here in a few months. And the schools here in Oregon are closed, and they're open in other states. Man, kids are at school in other states, all over the place. Even actually in my own state, but it's my county. But now we have Zoom? all these. Uh, yeah, it's school on Zoom, and the teachers have to do it, and they don't want to do it, but most of them actually do. And it's so it's so irritating. I'm not going to go on a massive tangent about it, but something that occurred to me, you know, a couple months ago, and is just reminded of recently, was like. Every single time that we consent and open up to this class, this so-called class Zoom meeting, and every time as a parent I open up the email message reminder of what's happening in the class or taking accepting the invitation to the Zoom parent-teacher conference, every single time we accept, we... we we, we, we set the precedent that this is not only acceptable, but optimal. And so we, we are creating the precedent for this to continue. We are prolonging it every single time we accept, every single time we engage. And every single time the kids log in on their morning uh, throughout the day, my kid has to be on her computer screen and she's not at home with me. I fucking deliver mail for a living. And her mom is a hairstylist and she's struggling to keep her salon open. 
you know, she she took some of the loan money from the stimulus package and she's just trying to keep her business going, which also equals her mortgage for her house. I live in an apartment. I'm thinking about moving out of the city. The, the, the point is, is that we're both working parents. We work every single day of the week for the most part. I have a couple days off a week. She has a couple days off a week. But the way that the Portland Public Schools is managing their distance learning thing and the way that they email us and how they how they have formulated their application to to this distance learning as a as family you know to families to parents and to students is on the presumption that we're all just sitting at home writing novels and pursuing our dreams getting paid but we're not a lot of us our kids are in daycare and so my my kid is in daycare and the daycare staff aren't going to be able to go to the school to pick up the library books on these two days that they're giving out library exchanges or popsicle day where you show up to the school and you wait in your car until someone in a mask on with gloves comes to your car and hands you from six feet away a popsicle it's so absurd what? this fuck is this is real? what is happening dude i'm serious chris this is what's popsicle happening in in, in in popsicle day that in Oregon, insane. book exchange day where you, you're not allowed to get out. You have to go to the school and you sit in your car and you're not allowed to get out and you have to have a mask on. And then the school staff approaches your car and then from six feet away, somehow they manage to hand you this sanitized container, which is a <laughs> Do they have it on like bag. at the end of a stick or something? <clears throat> yes. And then they <laughs> hand it to you and then you accept this library. It's, it is so clinical and so animal and so it's so enclosed and trapped in science it's just fucking ridiculous and so and this is every time parents do this and go there and do this they're allowing it to happen again and again and again and again which sets the precedent which tells all the big tech people and the portland school district and the teachers board and all the unions that this is workable this is not only acceptable, but by engaging in this, we feel it's optimal because we're not going to say no. And Dude, so just, this is never going to go like away. Like two days ago, I just fucking rolled over, like, you know, the way I never thought I would. Like uh, where I work, uh, we had like an old time clock thing that we were using. And then like two days ago, they're like, hey, we, you have to like we have a new clock in things. So like put in your employee number or whatever. And they're like, OK, now put your finger on the top. For like a fingerprint oh and i was like yeah wait i have to get fingerprinted i have to put do my fingerprints a clock in now they're like yeah and i was like can i just opt out of this they were like no i was like okay and i just fucking did it and i was like and then i thought about it. the next day i'm like what the fuck did i just do like i barely i barely even put it i didn't even barely resist i was just like can i opt out of this that was as far as it went yeah. i'm like what the fuck it was wrong with me yeah. And it's like, I don't know what they're doing with that. I've never once been fingerprinted for any reason in my entire life until like two days ago. Oh, I have. So I'm in the, I'm in the fucking system now. And then I I'm have. like, I've been fingerprinted a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but then I was thinking about it. And then I start thinking, I think the parent company of the place I work at is a fucking Chinese company. So now the CCP. Now the CCP, the fucking Chicoms, have my fingerprint. It's fucking. Cr I just yeah. didn't think it through at all. I was just like, well, I mean, I thought that, it through but... enough to say like, can I opt out? And then I just fucking did it, and I was kicking myself every fucking sense. Dude, I know this is gonna sound probably crazy to some people, but now that they have your fingerprint, they can create your fingerprint. 
And if they can yeah, create they can... your fingerprint, they can put it anywhere. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, and so that's like, I mean, I, I took the job at the post office six, six or seven years ago. I don't, I stopped counting after five, everything, but it was a while <laughs> ago. And, uh, this all it's fingerprints. And before that I'd been arrested. I've been to jail a couple of times, um, for stupid things, nothing bad. Just, right. I spent, I spent a weekend and then a couple nights, some other time, but so my fingerprints all over the place. That's how, I mean, I was able to get the job at the post office for the federal government. Uh, after having been to jail a couple times because I don't have any felonies. I'm not a fucking whatever. I'm just me. Uh, it's, but yeah, but like now knowing that these systems have your 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 fingerprint and even like, you know, the when I got my iPhone 6S like eight years ago or whatever it was, uh, you know, part, you know, one of the entrance systems to get onto the phone is to have the whole thumbprint thing. And it's just like, that's, that's weird. And you see how they point how they pin all the pinpoints on your thumbprint. And like, I know that they can just, they can just re now that's on record, they can just recreate it and right. they could be put And, and do you know because... where Apple moved all their cloud servers to? No. China. <laughs> yeah. So the CCP yeah. has all that shit too. Yeah. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> wild, man. But it, it, I saw some uh, Irish professor talking about the masks i don't have a way to pull it up right off hand the clip but he basically he made a really compelling argument that almost like the borg the mask isn't just a symbol of compliance it makes everybody not only suspicious of each other because it, it's a constant visual reminder that you're supposed to be scared of a virus when you see yeah. everyone around you yeah. in a mask but then it's the also fucking, it makes everybody look the same it like takes away individuality and everybody's got these fucking masks on and that's, that's right it's like a, because I hadn't really, until he put it in those terms, I thought of it was it was just like a sign of submission, basically. But yeah, it's like there's real high levels of mind control, Honey. and having everybody look the same <laughs> and everybody uh, walking yeah, around I, as if there's like a deadly disease all the time. Yeah, I I did a whole episode, <clears throat> I did a whole episode about the mask ritual and what what and how important masking is in the in the ritual. That was a good magic, episode. but also just, you know, how it does, it does um, homogenize an entire population, not population. When we hear the word population, I think, oh, the, the, the national population or the population of my city. But I'm talking about like just the community. I mean, on, on a cult level, say you have 10 or 12 members or 2,500 members, you know, you all have the same haircut or clothes or you wear the same shoes like, you know, Nike <laughs> when you're waiting for the asteroid ship. Uh, but yeah, these these the, the the mask is really cool because it it's it's super smart. I mean, there's so many really intelligent aspects to this psyop. It's like, oh, we're gonna just take this common cold and call it this, yeah. or we're gonna take this this flu, which is part of the common cold, and we'll just call it this. We're just gonna rebrand it, you know. And it's the same thing as what happened with all kinds of different MK Ultra type stuff, where the same principles are in play, but they just get rebranded and and resold and reutilized as a whole different kind of market but the mask does it does homogenize people completely and so whenever i see people without a mask and i deliver mail i'd walk around and i see the same people honestly every day and a lot of them in my neighborhood aren't you know they're not wearing masks when they're in their garden or when they're like on their porch and whenever i do see them i say it's so good to see your face good to see your face today you know and i try yeah. to say it in a way that i'm not like emphasizing your face but 
I try to just say it in a way that I'm acknowledging. It's so good to see your face today and just try to be pleasant because I'm not wearing a mask when I'm out walking around in the street at all, ever. I'm only wearing a mask when I'm absolutely required to <laughs> because I have to get the thing that I need to get done, whether it's getting the fuck in or out of the office at work till I hit the street or getting in or the fuck out of the store to get my groceries and my six pack of beer or whatever. Even I wish you delivered my mail. Oh, dude, I would. I, this I would. this <laughs> mailman back in May uh, fucking like walks, he like knocks on the door and then I come to the door and he like leaps back. I mean, this was back in May when everyone was a lot more freaked out too, but he like leaps back. That's what my customers do And then do he's to like, me. Stay, make sure you my... stay back six feet. <laughs> he's like, make sure you yeah. stay back six feet. And he's like, he sets down a package and he's like, okay, I need you to sign for it. And I reach out and he's like, no, I'll set it down and you pick it up. It's like, Jesus Christ. This dude was like yeah. high struck. Yeah. Dude, there's been, there's people on my route that know me and love me. And a year ago, they were like high fives and hugs and kisses. And now they go wide around me, like <laughs> six to 10 feet. They're walking or they'll be on their porch and I'll, I'm coming up to their, on their property to deliver their mail. And they just, they just say, oh, you can just, you can just leave it there. You can just stop. Yeah. You know? And that's and, another you know, insidious I'm, part about the brainwashing is not only the mask, but like the social distancing, let like put aside how creepy that term is. But yeah, yeah, it's, it keeps people from discussing things with each other. So even it's if part people the, yeah. like in the back of their mind, like, no, this Ooh, is bullshit. Yeah. yeah. They're not going to talk. They're like, you, you don't want to get too close to anybody or spend too much time around somebody. So your interactions of conversations are going to be way shorter or might not happen at all. Absolutely. And once you keep everybody see isolated, it. Once you see it, you can't unsee it. We know that we know you, me, and other people know that this is just this is a flu. This is a cold. This may be a new flu or cold, but it's nothing more than a flu or cold. It's just being rebranded and sold as something much more, much more insane and crazy. But it is ultimately utterly innocuous. But with the social distancing, yeah, you're right. It absolutely it is a means to use mind control and social mental conditioning psychological conditioning to keep people separated from each other because it's not because we don't want them to get get fucking it's a cold they're people are gonna get it or they're not they're gonna live through it or they're not that's up to the universe that's up to your body that's up to your own physical uh disposition on this <laughs> vitamin d yeah ultimately it's it's not it's up to a lot more than a fucking goddamn mask oh and what do they do dirty. by the way when but they yeah, say it's, it's to it's to keep people separated so that we don't talk because they know that if we get together over christmas we may have conflicting opinions we may have violently you know conflicting opinions but at some point we're at least having discourse and we can't have that we oh can't yeah you're not allowed to sing at your holiday gatherings in california no yeah. no no we can't have families getting together we can't have we can't have even friends or enemies getting together and talking about it because that's going to be and if you some see sort of... and if you see your neighbors having family over you're supposed to rat them out and you'll be rewarded absolutely yeah there's a beyond 1984 there i know it's fucking crazy and it <laughs> uh, is it is an alchemical thing i think it really is about the separation of the elements down to their base nature and then a recombination a chemical wedding of those elements together with enough pressure and heat and time to produce something like a, a, a homunculus a build back better a new way you know it's Gonna totally alchemical build back and better our democracy yeah. hey, uh, alex speaking of like with the cold virus 
which I it, it is seems all fingers point to it being engineered in a lab, mm-hmm. gain of function, funded by Gates and Dr. Fauci. Well, that Absolutely. part is confirmed. planned. Yeah, planned five years ago. Yeah, well, developed five years ago. Planned long before, but yeah. It's the it, it, and sh- and boy, oh boy, didn't that work just perfectly to get out, make sure we could do mail in ballots and rig the election? Yeah. Such a fucking scam, dude. Yeah, it and it was scam. it was two days after Trump won the election that Fauci said President-elect Trump is going to have a surprise virus during his presidency to deal with. That's right. Yeah, and it's two days after Biden was handed the election by the media <laughs> that he comes out and says that we have this whole new team and this whole new team is full of fucking warmonger hawk neocons. Yeah. I mean, what's his name? Like fucking... Uh, uh, God, the um, the never let a good crisis go to waste. Uh, Rahm Emanuel's brother is the lead doctor. Oh yeah, and then you have the big tech moguls getting cabinet positions in the Biden administration, supposedly. So it's like, oh no wonder you guys were shilling for Biden and banning anything that spoke against. Him. Right. But, okay. Uh, so that so that leads me to um, the clip, the Dr. Giordano clip, followed by Bill Hicks. I don't know how long this one is. Okay. It yeah, might I'll, be. It might be a few I'm minutes. Pop but that's a good one I because pr- that's. Before I forget, because I will forget this, Alex Jones said something really scary, <laughs> like no. pretty freaky about the uh, about the COVID nineteen thing. Because it's like this was a clearly gain of function lab created virus that's not really deadly at all. But he said this was a shot across the bow, like firing a blank, just to show you they can create something super infectious that spreads across the globe, and next time. They might do it where it kills billions instead of like three people. <laughs> that's oh, like, dude. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, my girl and I have been talking about like, well, of course this thing is real because it's, it's an electro, it's an electromagnetic frequency modulator. Like there, there's a machine that they can literally modulate to create intensity here and there. And Adam Curry laid it out with the PCR testing as far as how they modulate the, uh, the, the extremity of the, virus digitally on a screen as far as the pcr goes but i actually do believe that there is something 5g related and 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 uh and covid related that is that is completely modular and that can be turned up or down at will depending on need or necessity and i think this whole thing has been cooked up from the beginning i know that's super q i know that's q man but i'm telling you i believe it's true (laughs) i like how alex hates q I hate Q too. He's like, it's like trust the plan. He's like, he's like, just sit back, trust the plan. Everything's fine. Don't need to, don't need to do anything. Nah. All right. So I, I got. <laughs> yeah. Do you, totally. you, you want to go to this? Uh, I didn't realize how late it's getting. I got another podcast to do pretty soon. You want to get through these uh, clips? I uh, know. Yeah. So we'll do Giordano followed by uh, 5G Pompeo live exercise. And then maybe we'll, we'll we'll cut it there. Cause I think, I, dude, Chris, I love. I, we could talk about this shit for fucking hours. We could do I a six-hour podcast. Honestly. Yeah, easy. <laughs> yeah, no, we definitely got to do this again. Um, yeah, I, I just have ping trip coming on in about an hour, and I gotta make sure I'm ready for that and get some food in me. No sweat, man. But yeah, uh, let's let's, uh, let's give this bad boy a listen here. We're not simply looking into the brain to try to determine what's normal or abnormal what's involved in a disease process, or perhaps even what's involved in wellness processes to make us better, we then target those things and then harness these tools to be able to then affect the brain, which is sort of a politically correct way of saying control and manipulate certain brain functions. And of course, those brains exist in people and animals and 
the larger implication is dealing with things like brain control and mind control or inadvertent misuse of the science and or things that go wrong and in some cases intentional misdirection of the science perhaps not even in a malevolent way just a let's see what happens if we do this it's never been gone before let's not ask permission and in other cases a disruptive way and let's face it individuals agendas can be everything from just curiosity and some form of scientific agnosticism to really having an agenda to be socially publicly disruptive not necessarily in a destructive way but perhaps in a disruptive way there are plenty of people who behave and color within the line so to speak they, they go by the rules but very often there are also individuals who may not be aware of those rules number one a pure what i'll call naivete or the idea of trying to be in compartmentalization they drift from going in between the lines they sort of say well i'm going to take this direction versus that direction and in so doing they open up a proverbial can of worms they don't realize that they're doing something that's prescribed and then as you say there are also individuals who may have some real intent and the intent may not necessarily be malevolent intent it just may be let's push the envelope and see how far it goes and then there's always a smaller population who say, yes, let's do that in a way that is malevolent because we want to push the envelope so as to create something we don't care what it is as long as it's disruptive or destructive. And this will either gain attention to what it is we're doing or evoke some social effect, whatever that may be. With regard to bugs, the idea of microbial warfare has long been known. So the use of, of neuroactive viruses and microbes forms of biological agents it certainly is is not only entertainable but is viable it's real and there are whole categories of microbes and viruses that are seen as viable neuroweapons and of course here we reopen the door for what crispr cas9 might be able to do to take what may be essentially a relatively inert or benign organism and make it far more virulent far more morbid and far more lethal as regards toxins a number of different toxins and many of them that are actually used in neuroscientific research that affect the flow of ions across membranes affect membrane stability affect neurological function in other ways can be weaponized and these of course are defined in the biological toxins and weapons convention but here too we can use certain modifications not only to the toxins themselves perhaps but also to the way the toxins are then prepared the toxins can be let loose that make them somewhat more stable over a longer period of time and increase their weaponizability, if you will. The last area, the idea of devices, is where I think we're really beginning to see some renewed interest in the brain sciences and increased specific interest in, hmm, I didn't think about that up until quite recently. And this is where you really begin to look at devices that may be used to alter the sensorium, devices that are used to alter neurological function, to change cognition. Uh, obviously, it is possible that the do-it-yourself community could contribute to this, but I think that where we're really looking more closely is the fact that nation-states have dedicated programs that are focal to developing the brain sciences for military and warfare applications. And the United States has programs that are specifically dedicated, as do many of its allies, as do a number of other nation-states, some of these that are not necessarily uh working in conjunction with the united states the west etc and i think these things need to be appreciated looking at the brain as a possible 21st century battlescape is a very realistic view and one that is certainly being appreciated by a number of groups not least of which the national academies that between 2008 and 2012 and 13 have recognized 
many of the brain sciences are indeed, quote, ready for prime time with regard to their military and warfare uses and applications. And as I mentioned, this is something that is international in scope. So clearly, I think we're seeing a broader palette of potential applications. certainly see them as viable weapons for mass disruption. These are disruptive agents, and disruption can occur on a variety of levels. They can occur on an individual level, where you're targeting key individuals who then may have power effects within a group, population, community, nation. You can target groups of individuals uh, in a confined space to then alter a variety of things, what are called ripple effects. So here, you're seeing the disruptive effect of affecting a few individuals and then having that ripple off more broadly into the political realm, into the social realm, into the global realm, etc. Then, of course, there's also the possibility of incurring public health effects where you literally will engage, disrupt, affect, make sick, or perhaps even render mortal, kill, a few group of targeted individuals throughout a population, but then you utilize the internet as a vector to spread misinformation, generate public fears, and what you do is you cause a ripple effect within the public health system that Sound in many familiar? ways can disrupt the level of trust between the people, their government, the people in the public health system, and produces a crashing effect where now you have floods of the worried well, for example, that may then suddenly feel they have something, they've been exposed to something. Sound familiar? You can literally sharpen yeah. <laughs> the proverbial spear from there, uh, how you use these things and what scenarios against individuals, against groups. And, of course, as we said, the... the uh, when did he record this? Oh, God, this is probably five years ago. Mm. He's from the future. Their issue is yeah. the, the idea of devices and even hacking into devices. Increasingly, what we know is that there's an interest in deep brain stimulation, nerve-stimulating devices... And these things all utilize microelectronics. And so one of the issues that continues to be brought up is whether or not these types of devices that engage neurological and brain control, at least on some level, are penetrable, are hackable. You know what I mean? I'm so sick. I've watched these fucking congressional uh, hearings and all these military yes. guys and all the pundits seriously. Oh, the esprit de corps will be affected. And, and we are such a moral... Excuse me, aren't y'all fucking hired killers? Shut up! You are thugs. I and mean, when we need you to go blow the fuck out of a nation of little brown people, we'll let you know. Until then... Hello, there are strange facts surrounding the coronavirus it. outbreak of 2020. All right, all right. Hey, that's uh, kill, kill the clip. Stop. That's oh, okay. Isn't that Greg Reese? I don't know, man. I, that's that's when my clip should have ended. I don't there know are strange what, um... facts surrounding the coronavirus outbreak of 2020. Yeah, yeah, that's Greg Reese of Infowars.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, this is the players. Oh, yeah, this is when he lays down all the players uh, of the fucking pharma cartel. Um, His boil downs don't are have to real go good. There. Yeah, he's great, man. He's 100%. But, of course, he just did a video like the so four-year plot to take down the president, and it goes through the timeline of covid it, it correlating it with like trump's presidency because that's when bill gates like right when trump was getting elected bill gates started freaking out like there's gonna be a virus there's gonna be a virus <laughs> yeah i know i know and you know talk about election selection and the whole thing is like it's such a randomized chance that and, and honestly chris i don't know where i stand with elections and voting to think i mean i, I part of me thinks it's a completely it's a complete scam it's a, it's a it's a ritual to keep people invested in this idea that they have an illusion of choice 
But at the same time, uh, we got Trump. You know, we had Trump for four years. So uh, what does that really mean? I I don't know. And so I want to think that there is some possibility that maybe they're actually, maybe they actually do count all the votes, but it's like to think that they could actually count hundreds of millions of votes in a 24 hour period is just absurd to me. Well, I don't know. There's a lot of vote counters. One thing about Trump that Pat Militich, who's a big Trump fan, said to me when he was on, he said, Vince McMahon, Trump uh, taught Vince McMahon how to be Vince McMahon. So this could be the biggest WWE show choreographed of all time to make us put hope in a false resistance and put hope in a false populist, that, that being Trump. I'd say that's what, what Boris Johnson was. Time will tell if that's what Trump was. But Ping Trip said something to me that was kind of eerie, which is maybe this whole thing where, it, like, they announced Joe Biden the winner, they actually want there to be an uh, overturned in the courts and Trump actually win because that scenario causes the most civil unrest of any scenario. I tend to side with that idea. Yeah. I tend to think that that's really the ultimate goal is to just deepen the divide and to really, really set fire to the, the, the isolation kind of stuff and this, and this separation kind of stuff. Cause you, I mean, it's like at, at this point, we're supposed to believe that it's got, it's so divided and it was so close. Like this is absurd to me. Like there's just no fucking way that that's possible, but it, it does make sense if the, if the objective is to, is to divide people right into and, and, and no matter polarity. who comes out the winner polarity. in this election the other side is gonna obviously assume it's an Ill illegitimate victory so obviously yeah it's a lose-lose situation already and they'll just yeah it'll just dig their heels in deeper and deeper and deeper but when it comes to the coronavirus stuff if you want to close it out i know we got to get going um the covid 5g pompeo thing i think that's a short episode or a short clip yeah this is the greg reese um, one i can resume that is it okay? Yeah, you can cut past the Greg Reese part if you want, because that's like five minutes. If you want to go just to Pompeo, I don't know if there's any kind of. I don't have any time locker on it, but I think the the Greg Reese one is about five minutes. You can skip ahead to. I just oh, think the whole it's clip's three when, minutes, so I'll just play it out. Okay, yeah, 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 cool. Pompeo does his thing, and Trump's like, "I wish you would have told me that." <laughs> <laughs> In 2018, the Peerbright Institute was granted a patent for the coronavirus. The Peerbright Institute is funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. On October 18th Belinda. of 2019, yes. the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, along with John Hopkins and the World Economic Forum, hosted Event 201, yeah. a high-level pandemic simulation in New York City. The simulation, which was held just three months ago, was based on the coronavirus. They concluded that it could kill 65 million people and decided the solution was to have a vaccine within months of an epidemic. The same week that the coronavirus makes headlines, Netflix releases the docu-series Pandemic, How to Prevent an Outbreak, yeah, wherein the solution is vaccines and the trusted hero is Bill Gates. Ooh. Meanwhile, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation fund Innovio Pharmaceuticals, Inc. to develop a coronavirus vaccine. It's weird, right? <laughs> or am I just a conspiracy theorist? 
yes. conspiracy. What theories. about this? 5G, an emerging technology upgrade that has many countries concerned about its impact on human health. Experts from all over the world warn of the dangers of 5G. In 2018, it was reported locally that Wuhan would be the testbed city for full 5G network operation in China. The article went on to say that it would be fully operational 2018. by 2020. On Halloween of 2019, they turned it on. Scientists warn that 5G causes flu-like symptoms. Interesting. What is also interesting is that when trying to share the link of 5G being launched in Wuhan, Facebook blocks you from doing so because it violates their community guidelines. Yeah. Pause it for yeah. a second. Do you, um, yeah. do you remember the NIH.gov uh, study that was up on the .gov website saying that like 5G radiation causes coronavirus-like cell formations in the body? Uh, I don't remember that specifically, but it sounds familiar for sure. I don't know yeah, if I, I think Adam brought it up it. on No Agenda, but as soon as Alex Jones picked up on it and started waving the papers around on his show, the NIH took it off their website. Yeah. Well, they just <laughs> alter the shit. They just move the goalposts wherever they need it to be. Yeah. Fucking hilarious. Yeah. One more thing. There, there's been some discussion about China and what they knew and when they knew it. Oh, yeah, and Mike I've, I've been very critical. We, we, we need to know immediately. The world is entitled liar. to know. The Chinese government was the first to know of this risk to the world. And that puts a special obligation to make sure that data, the data gets to our scientists, our professionals. This is not about retribution. This matters going forward. We're in a, we're in a live exercise here. We're in a, we're in a live exercise here. We're in a, we're in a live exercise here. <laughs> Third, three times. Yeah. Three yeah times. Uh, There's a rule of threes. Right. <laughs> Testing, testing. What was that Nancy Pelosi said? Testing, 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 tracing, tracing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that was um, obviously on it. That was that. Yeah, Pompeo sure. was the guy, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't he the guy saying, like, we had whole training classes in the CIA on how to lie, cheat, and steal. That's what we do. Something like that. I uh, No, I don't think that was Pompeo. I think that was actually, uh, what's his name? Um, the guy now, oh, fuck, what the fuck is his name? I've had a couple of bears. can't remember his name. The guy who says uh, you're, you're innocent until you're uh, accused of oh, being Brennan? Uh, per- yeah, Brennan. I think that was Brennan actually. Oh, okay. I, 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 could, the, I could be wrong. The, 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 you're you're innocent until you're accused to be involved in some type of <laughs> to hear alleged to be involved in some type of criminal activity. Yeah, that That's a no agenda favorite. I know yeah, it's a good um, one. It's a yeah, he's he he's been making the rounds on the news now, saying that uh, Trump's dangerous. Of course he is. We need to remove him right now before he starts because Trump's set to declassify a bunch of shit. And Brennan's like, we need to remove him now. We need to remove him now before he's he's he said he's a he's dangerous like a cornered tiger. I was like, oh yeah, the CIA is like, and and I think he is. I think he's right about that. Makes me love Trump, man. Where it's like the CIA's fucking scared of this guy. Like, go Trump. But yeah, that's I know, I know, but you can't say that out loud. You can't. Oh no! Well, yeah. Even in Tennessee, you can't wear a MAGA hat out in public. But nah. I mean, what is that? Really Everybody mean? in my neighborhood's got their Trump yard signs out and their Trump flags up. So I ain't too worried about them. Yeah. If I was in Portland, I'd fucking keep my mouth shut. That's for sure. It does not <laughs> exist here. 
it does it's such a vacuum it does not exist man i mean yeah. even if you show i mean the whole the whole and the whole sign the whole sign of you being at least on the other side or at least in the middle is by you not wearing a mask so just the fact that i i, I have to put a fucking bandana the same disgusting dirty bandana that i've never washed for fucking six months over my face to go into the store the fact that i put it on as i go into the store and then take it off before i'm even out of the store that's the sign, you know, because I don't have one of those over the ear masks that are designer that I'm not buying part of the new economy, which is the mass production, which, by the way, which I'm sure you've seen. I mean, you can't go on the Internet. You can't look on Facebook and I'm not on Facebook, but you can't go on Twitter. You can't nothing without seeing some sort of ad of like, hey, look at our masks. Look at this mask. We got this America special has mask. Grammarica has ones. I mean, even the fucking no agenda shop has good ones, whatever. Yeah. The point I, is, I, is that I ordered one. It's, it's it ended, the order industry. never came through, but it said this mask is as useless as our governor. And I, <laughs> and I ordered it and it's like they just recalled it. I got a refund. I don't know why it never came. Oh, man, it's a drag. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the principle matter is that there's a whole nother economy behind even just the masks is a whole another economy you know and remember back when like there was a shortage and so everyone was making their own and sending them to hospitals and shit i'm just like so i could just take a burrito wrapper and say it's a fucking mask and put it on it's just ridiculous <laughs> to me anyway i think it was tim dylan who said yesterday if trump ends up winning in the courts and becomes president i'm starting a window company so i like the mask thing it's a good good investment <laughs> yeah yeah classic well, I got a I got a clip we can end on here. Cool. This is uh, have you seen the obsolete man Twilight Zone episode? No, no, oh, I haven't actually. I, I know the one, but no, I haven't seen it. It's it's definitely worth checking out. But this is uh, I think this yeah, this is just the intro. I think, but it's good stuff. This is uh, I mean, it's it's straight up Orwell shit, but it's uh. We're not. We're, I don't know if we're closer. We're in between this world and idiocracy, a little bit of both. But we're in between worlds. We're in yeah. between worlds. We're in the mystical phase right now. We're passing through one timeline into another, and what has to happen is is magic. Because you can say all, all you want with charts and graphs and stats and figures. There is a collective will. And an intendedly and an intentionally directed will with intention and will that is pointing us into many different directions, but we are in between worlds. And I think that's the most significant thing about this conversation and others that we've had as individuals, you and I and other people, is that rec just recognizing that we're in between worlds and we're shifting into something else. And uh it's really up to us individually. We have to stop trying to help other people. We have to stop trying to wake everyone up and just really try to be strategic about how we're going to create and point the direction of our world. Where where are you going to go, Chris? Where am I going to go? Lead by example. Lead by example, perhaps. Preaching. But uh, also accept the fact that it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you're leading or not. You're just living. It's live by example. Well, as Kanye, as Yeezy said, as Kanye said, our next president. Yeezy. As Yeezy said, uh, there's leaders and there's followers, but I'd rather be a dick than a swallower. So. <laughs> All right. Wordsworth, Romney, Oxford.
walk into this room at your own risk. Because it leads to the future. Not a future that will be, but one that might be. This is not a new world. It is simply an extension of what began in the old one. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. It has refinements, technological advances, and a more sophisticated approach to the destruction of human freedom. But like every one of the super states that preceded it, it has one iron rule. Logic is an enemy and truth is a menace. A boot on this your is face Mr. Romney forever. Wordsworth. In his <laughs> a boot on your face forever. I think those are the Orwell words. Oh my God. Abs in the six pack. Podcaster down. This is Mr. Romney Wordsworth. Sorry. I had my Podcaster down. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just yakking away with my mic muted. But, I don't even mute my mic. I was, try, I, was try, I, don't care. I was trying to ask you what the exact quote was from Orwell about the boot in the face, and then you answered yeah. it, even though I was muted. So I was like, oh, he does hear me. And then I realized, no, I'm fucking muted. <laughs> Oh, I hear you, man. I hear you from over here. Magic! Magic! Dick is an enemy and truth is a menace. This is Mr. Romney Wordsworth. In his last 48 hours on Earth, he's a citizen of the state but will soon have to be eliminated because he is built out of flesh and because he has a mind. You've been under investigation, Mr. Wordsworth, for the mandatory period of one year and 11 months. You're found to be obsolete. The purpose of this hearing is to make a finding in the matter and make a sentence accordingly. Do you understand that, Mr. Wordsworth? Your occupation, Mr. Wordsworth? A librarian, sir. A librarian? <laughs> Having to do with Books. Librarian. <laughs> books. Since there are no more books, Mr. Wordsworth, there are no more libraries. The field investigators in your sector have classified you as obsolete. Your rights are as follows, Mr. Wordsworth. Podcasts. You are to be liquidated <laughs> within a period of 48 hours. <laughs> your rights are as follows. You're to be liquidated within a period of 48 hours. You are obsolete, it's funny now. Mr. Wordsworth. A lie. No man is obsolete. You have no function, Mr. Wordsworth. You're an anachronism, like a ghost from another time. I am nothing more no. than a reminder to you that you cannot destroy truth by burning pages. You're a bug. No Mr. human is illegal. Falling insect. An <laughs> ugly, misformed little creature who has no purpose here, no meaning. I am a human being. Delusions, Mr. Wordsworth. Delusions that you inject into your veins with printer's ink. The narcotics that you call literature, poetry, <laughs> essays of all kind, all of it, an opiate. You have nothing but spindly limbs and a dream. And the state has no use for your kind. I don't care. I tell you, I don't care. 
I'm a human being. I exist. And if I speak one thought aloud, that thought lives even after I'm shoveled into my grave. The Chancellor, the late oh, Chancellor, man. was only partly correct. He was obsolete. But so is the state, the entity he worshipped. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. Woo. Dean that's Gulag buddy. Archipelago. <laughs> this has that's been Gulag a, Archipelago. Is, that's that's uh, a Solzhenin, uh, uh, Solzhenin. I mean, that that's really it. That's Gulag Archipelago. That's that's the whole thing. Ah, and we that's never learn our lessons because we keep walking face first into it as a species every time. That's right, because we want goods and fucking services, and we just want to be left alone, and so we'll compromise. God damn, that's heavy duty. This has been so great. This has been dude. So this was great. great. Yeah, we definitely have to do this again soon. Dean, yeah. my man, uh, everybody needs to check out your podcast at deanreiner.com. It's up is down pod on Twitter. Is that right? That's right. Up and down podcast on Twitter. Up is down podcast can be found anywhere you find your podcast players. And might I say the Spotify, same for you, Chris, iTunes, man. and Noah's Industream on rotation. Yeah, not on Spotify. I don't. I don't. Oh, care. never but, mind. Uh, Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> Spreaker, Stitcher, <laughs> and podcast uh, or, or iTunes, but also DeanRiner.com. Are you on uh, Podcast man, Index, and, the podcasting 2.0? I don't know. I don't. I don't know, man. I'm. I'm actually. I'm reaching out to a couple other nights of the No Agenda Nights Roundtable. Uh, to get a little bit of information as far as how that shit works. And I would like to know more about just RSS feeds because right now my podcast is hosted by Spreaker. I don't even know if I own my podcast RSS feed or if I'm renting it. I don't know what I have to do to um, to have my own RSS feed, probably have to have my own server. I don't really know anything about it because I'm a caveman. Yeah. I'm a caveman, and I, I don't, don't even really know. Understand. Now that you say that, I mean, mine's hosted on Squarespace, so I guess Squarespace fucking owns it. I don't know. I haven't put a copyright notice on any of my shit. But I want to know more because at some point I do want to put it onto something like Podcast Index. And I do, I would love to have my own RSS feed. And even my own website is hosted by Wix. I mean, I'm I'm so in the dark about how to do any of this stuff. And I would love for well, any intelligent person I think you just uh, mirrors. If your podcast is on No Agenda Stream, then it, you already have a working RSS, obviously. So. I don't even yeah. know how to get on Podcast Index. I just got a message from, uh, I think it was either Dame DeLorean or Sir Spencer, whichever one of them was on the Bowl After Bowl Twitter. And they are like, hey, uh, put your podcast on the Podcast Index. And I was like, oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah, uh, so. shout out Dame DeLorean and Sir Spencer. Uh, reach out to Up Is Down Podcast on Twitter and let me know. I, I, I would love the same invite. I'm on the stream. I'm a, I'm a d donating producer of No Agenda. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. I'm on your side. Don't hurt me. Black lives Black Lives Matter. Don't tase me, bro. <laughs> Don't tase me, bro. Dude, that's, that's what my side means. Fucking, that's like still one of the most fucking sad and simultaneously hilarious videos ever is when that dude's like calling out John Kerry for being in the skull and bones and John Kerry's like, "Oh, let him go. It's okay." And then the security detail still just fucking grabs him, drags him away and tases him. It's yeah, like, taste me, bro. God, that's where we're at. That is where yeah. we're at. But we don't have to stay there. We can we can do things. I think podcast index is one of those. That's one of those actions. That's why I think 
Adam Curry and John. Just, just the no agenda and the no agenda nation is so fucking amazing because we are actionable people who have taken initiative to do things. Because you can talk about how it would be great and we could talk about how fucked up it is. But until action is made to separate yourself and to create your own thing, to really create your own thing, which again is more magic because you're creating something literally out of nothing just by will and intention. And I think that's super powerful. So I yeah. want, and in. it's easier than like butchering a chicken and jerking off onto a piece of bread and then burying that together under the full moon in your backyard. You're just yeah. talking to a microphone. It's like, same same result yeah yeah and i think you know it's being genuine honest and truthful as much as you can without being totally binary and polarizing you know i think that's really the that's the that's the anathema i mean it's it's anathema it's it's poison and toxic to be binary and polarizing you just got to speak your truth and be genuine and real about it and, and provide it in a way that's accessible and not acceptable to everybody because i don't necessarily believe in blanket equality i think all human beings are equal more or less and should be accepted and treated as equal but we're not equal you know like i mean i'm i'm not a pro basketball player nor am i a star chef or a fucking grease monkey at a gas station i'm i'm me but i have equity in me and you do i like we women with do. big giant tits and big asses <laughs> yeah yeah uh, all right sir seat sitter man thank you so much can for I the give opportunity you a cookie? <laughs> to be on the show oh i love it cookie. <laughs> dude let's definitely do it again soon i've had a absolute blast deanrinder.com yeah. up is down podcast dude take it easy and i'll be in touch hell yeah man abs in the six pack.com check it a out guys b-s-n-a six the number p-a-c-k.com ah oh, darren o'neill he's got a voice man all right man okay until next time Take it easy, man. Much love. Bye-bye. Peace. Peace. It's not in the third dimension. They've made freaking deals with interdimensional aliens. Okay. I and notice the maybe, media never attacks you for that because that's the truth. Maybe this is true. You mean 5G? I'm mad at Trump for allowing 5G to come in. The 5G. The 5G. The 5G. Listen, here's the deal. Right here. We're going to set up a world government. We're going to slowly titrate the dose and poison the public, dumb them down, put electromagnetic radiation out with 5G that scrambles their DNA, lowers their IQ. We're going to cause mass mental illness and a controlled societal collapse that will then be organized and controlled in the mop-up crew by robots controlled by the globalist programmers who believe with the off-world entities they're in communication with that they're going to be given the uh, operation to upload and be in that larger kind of board cube system the 5G. Listen to me! What? They tried to recruit my dad to a DARPA program. The CIA is testing on cell towers uh, wavelengths to calm the public during crises. And I have talked to army generals, 
commanding generals, major generals, general generals, the 5G. Listen to me! CIA, everybody, and they're all 5G. What? Oh, uh, yeah.